in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Top Ten Show and our first episode officially back on Collider. So excited to be doing this. I'm your host, John Roca. I am Matt Nost. I was just trying to get that last bite of Cliff yeah. Bar out of my mouth before I began speaking. Uh, it's the only sustenance I've had for like five hours. Uh, I hear you, man. I hear you. It's, it, it, I just finished wolfing down some Chipotle, so I get it. So I'm not in, in the same condition you are. You're trying to get a little snack. In your body so you can get through this show. And yet you still started like five seconds before. I could have had that down. Yeah. I could have had it down. I, I haven't studied your uh, masticating, so I don't know when you were you done. Should, you should study. You should know my <laughs> mastication cycles. I don't know. There's a cycle to it. I don't know. I would imagine there's different stages within every chewing, so they That's break true. it down. That's true. Yeah. That's true. We're already starting in a great place. Well, listen, for those of you who are new to our show, which we haven't said in a very, very long time, welcome to our show. Well, you, I'm not to interrupt, and I apologize for oh, yeah. doing that. Go ahead. Uh, we haven't announced it because we don't know when they're new. Was this time? It's just like, okay, yes, there are going to be new, right? So you should make a point of it. But That's they, what I'm saying, yeah, we to say we've been remiss before. It's just like, well, we didn't know a wave well, was coming in. In the past, we've had new people discover us every week. I just we just haven't made Still a point happens, of, yeah. of of uh, of addressing them directly. But this because we're on a new feed, 100%. I think people might stumble upon us or discover us or be or take us a, or take a chance on us for the first time. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, but the show itself, uh, we just. We uh, Matt and I come up with a, a theme, and then we go our separate ways, make our list, come back, and then we combine it at the end. He'll do a better job of describing it later on in the show. But that's basically what this show is. Please, I do it as a fucking barker now. You know what I mean? It's so good. What an you auction. Do. I'm an auctioneer, though. Yeah, but it's good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> if you don't know the rhythm of it, I'm sure it's a lot of shit coming at you in a weird. People have created poster boards. Uh, we'll get to it. Though, and brought you know? to live shows. They, they have to add a respect <laughs> for what you're able to. And, and t-shirts. I think it's on t-shirts. Somebody created a T-shirt, I think, one time of everything you say. I thought. I thought I saw a T-shirt. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I, don't know. I think I'd remember a T-shirt. The sign was in Chicago. Oh, the sign was in Chicago. You're right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So maybe that. not a T-shirt. Not a T-shirt. But it's certainly it's, – it's been done. How are you, man? How's it going? Uh, I'm good, man. What's uh, going on? Happy to be here. It was, uh, you know, we got the opportunity to aid come in the studio. This new partnership we have with yeah. Collider. So our patrons get it the video a week before. So, mm-hmm. But the show will continue as just two guys talking. Yes, absolutely. Cameras will be there. I'm sure we'll play to them every once and again. How of course. Can you not? Right, right, right. That's kind of the job. It is on some level. That's but, why we did it, too, to go back on camera. Well, we just had so many people saying, when are you going to come back on yeah. camera? And one person suggested putting old shows on camera. And I was like, well, so do you think we just have video and we're holding it back? Yeah. <laughs> or are we supposed to go back and recreate those? Like, I had a million things. So, like, how dumb would that be if we went back? Like, they're radio plays. <laughs> Hold on, what do I say here next? Okay, here we go. Delete video. Uh, yeah, no, no, and, and we're excited to do it. And Collider and Mark Fernandez, definitely a big shout-out to them. Of course, the production crew who are helping us, Adam and Cody, will be uh, posting stuff on the end of this show uh, yeah. in post. And so you'll see their graphics. I know a lot of you who watched the uh, YouTube version of the show in the previous iteration that was on camera loved the graphics and how they compiled our lists. So did we. Yeah, we did, absolutely. It was so the best, one of the best parts of the show. I'm sure we'll both uh, tune in at some point. 
or see it, like, oh, hey, this is what we did for the title cards this week. Yeah. Awesome. That looks fantastic. Might not be a bad thing to record ourselves separately, like reacting to the cards as we watch them for the first time on YouTube or something like that. That would be funny. Um, as extra, extra content. Okay, sure. <laughs> that you're saying to do separately. And I was like, well, without stopping one of us from faking it. Oh, look at that. Hey! <laughs> look at that guy. You just only have so much time. Oh, you're doing the audio. So yeah, so good. Man, the amount of time this must have taken. Yeah. Just yeah. really impressive. I wish I had this skill. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm just saying, as this fictionalized, we just keep going, really sell. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's your job. Well, we're both actors in the past, in a past life. I've never considered myself an actor. Wow. That's a strong statement. You've booked commercials and you I've don't never, consider yourself an actor. I've never taken an acting class. Mm. I just kind of go in and be myself. Wow. You've broken, the, you've broken the key. Broke the key? Oh, is that, wait, no, wait, how do you say that? I broke the, what, the key off in the lock? None you, of you fuckers are coming in behind me. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> like well, Suckers. if that's how it works, man, I'd still be in the game. That's fun. <laughs> Fuck you! Suckers. Uh, <laughs> there it is. So, anyway, uh, today we are counting down the top ten movies based on a book uh, uh, because of um, uh, 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 that film coming out that's based it's on Dr. a book. Dr. Sleep, baby. Dr. Sleep, right, the sequel to The Shining, which they they had said initially had nothing to do with The Shining, and then of course they they eventually were when that trailer dropped. Everyone was like, "You lying, sexist, so and so." It does have everything to do with The Shining. Maybe we were willing to more accept it the first time, not thinking it was a part of and liking what it's showing so yeah. far. So when it does the reveal and be like, "Okay, interesting," yeah, as opposed to having the expectations of you have to follow The Shining. Yes, it's a rough. Theme. Yeah, like, that's. Yeah. You're looking at K2, like the world's toughest mountain to climb, I believe. <laughs> You're like, hey, okay. Why don't we tell people yeah. it's fucking Kilimanjaro, which you and I could walk up to because it's just a steady gradient. It is? Oh, yeah. okay. It's, I mean, it's, it's high off of sea level, right. yes, but it's a day's hike. Do you have to train yourself when you're going up a hill, like to not lose your breath? How far? I'm sure, I'm sure it would be top? smart. Okay. All right. All right. But I don't think it would take severe training. Because no. I was in Denver for three days. I didn't pass out. People no. talk about the altitude of playing in Denver or whatever in Denver, and I'm like, I, I was in there for three days. I didn't pass out or anything. Uh, true, but then try going to do any kind of physical. I like to ski, ah. and it that reduced, like it is much harder on your body throughout the day. It's a hell of a workout if you right, can ski right. like six, seven hours in a day. Wow. I don't usually, occasionally I'll get there for first tracks, but usually I'm like, I'll get there at like 10 yeah. and then ski until close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Take like a half hour break. I try and get as much in as I possibly can. How's the house going? What's the, what's the deal? What's the, what's the update? Good. We're good to go, baby. Yeah, it's all set? I mean, we, we still have final details to do on the bottom one, okay. but the city is... Uh, Approved uh, everything? Well, here here was the problem. Okay. Break it down, man. Break it down. For those that don't you know, my wife oh, and yeah. I bought a place, and there it's got go. two rental units on it to help us subsidize the cost. Mm-hmm. So the first unit that's downstairs and, and our house yeah. were built in 1938. And in 1942, the original owner applied for a permit on the downstairs unit to add the second unit. Mm-hmm. And it's above the garage. So it's a studio apartment above the garage. Yeah. So they had to put the address of that unit down there. So technically on record, there is no record of this second address, even though since 1942, it has been rented out. And it was legal with the post office. They granted it a third address. Wow. LADWP had been sitting in its own bill and on its own meter for decades upon decades. <laughs> the L.A. Housing Department has been taking money as a three-unit complex wow. for – we have records for 30 years. Uh, but the city was like, yeah, that ad- address doesn't exist. What? And we're like, 
We have decades of proof of it existing up until, so technically it's not on one sheet of paper over here. Wow. And they're like, you got to talk to this guy, and this guy's over here is like, that's not our department. You got to go talk to this oh, guy. Oh, yeah, that sounds familiar. And then we get to that one, and they're like, we're never going to sign that. And then you talk to another department, and they're like, well, they should sign that. Go back on another day and see if you can get so-and-so. <laughs> not even kidding. So it's that, and it got so, I got so defeated. Eventually, I was like, yeah, you have to do it. She just went. I didn't. This is on purpose. What do you mean it's on purpose? If the system oh, is the built system to is, wear you down. For stupid shit like this. It really is. Because yeah. eventually it got to a point where they're like, it's technically a legal gray area. It's one I've never seen. And I've worked here for a long time. Right. And you're like, oh, my God, what does that mean? <laughs> so I started thinking, do we need to get a property lawyer to come in and sort oh, this out? And shit. Sh- yeah, exactly. It's just more cost on top. Right. Even though all he's going to do is officially go, here's 30 years of bills. Yeah. You've been taking money. It's it's a fucking unit. And you know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we got to pay what him? How many thousands of dollars just to do that? Jesus. <laughs> Thankfully, eventually we got the one guy, and he was like, "Oh yeah, no, boom, we just put one signature on a piece of paper, and we were done." Shut up. One signature on a piece of paper. And yep. That's it. You just had to get there. That's what it was. You just yeah. had to endure all the crap to get to that one guy. So, and they had probably had a, they probably had a, a meter on it where they were checking all the boxes could be. that know. you did, and then the, the dude showed up. If said, nothing oh, else, no. God is <laughs> <laughs> going. Bip, bip. Not not yet, not yet. It's like him breaking the key off on the lock and <laughs> <of> me. <laughs> you got to go there. up another one. Yeah, you got to earn it. Wrong door, son. Yeah, it's ridiculous. No, actually, we went to a party the other night, my girlfriend and I, for a work party for some of her friends over at UCLA. And the, I sat and talked with this dude who, who's, who was the um, – uh, he's the uh, – how is it? He's the husband of the woman we were going there to have the party for. Sure. And we sat and just talked because they, all, they all know each other from UCLA, so they're having yeah. the work talk. I don't know what to talk about with them. So he just kind of came in while I was having a beer looking out. It's beautiful view over there and I think it's Marine in, uh, near El Segundo, so near El Segundo yeah. there. And we're looking out of the water and he sees me and I'm just like – he goes, what's going on? I was like, this place is absolutely beautiful. And I hope one day to be able to get a place like this for my girlfriend. Like I want us to have a place like this to relax and, mm-hmm. and enjoy the rest of our lives in a place like this. And he's like, oh, well, let me tell you the story. And he went into this whole story because when he bought it, it was a one-level $90,000 place. And they had to – like it was on sale by the owner. The renter of the place would not leave. It was this old woman. She had like – she was a hoarder. Dude. And so they had to wait her out. Like they told her you got to leave and they had to wait her out for months before she finally left. And then she left all her mess. So then he had to pay all this yep. shit to clean it out. Yep. And then step by step, he built this thing into a three-level castle, in essence, over here. And it's got all these decks, and it's beautiful. Like, it's 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 Spanish design with the, these large columns of wood amongst the cream concrete, cream-colored concrete. Everything is – and it's all circular and shit. But he told me – all the deals or all the um, – uh, all he had to endure going to the housing authority for oh, yeah. every level that he wanted to build Well, in out. certain areas, incredible. though, there's, there's height restrictions, so you can only yes. take it so yes. high. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, especially the closer you get to the coast. Once you get down on the coast, everybody – two stories, the max they're going to give you. Yeah. You can't build anything bigger. Yeah, and so by the end, to build the third level, he had to uh, – He had it took, to buy another plot of land. It took seven years okay. for them to get the meeting. With the housing commission, and it was $30,000 just to be heard for the proposal. Dude, welcome. Welcome. <sighs> I was like, what we, the fuck are you talking we about? We found another place before we bought this one. I'm glad we didn't buy it. We yeah. were on the cusp. Right? Yeah. It was in our price range. It had three separate units, whatever else. But the one in the back is the one we would want. Yeah. And that tenant has been there long enough. So by L.A. law, if we want to move that individual out, 
we have to pay her. And she's been there long enough when hitting enough benchmarks, minimum $10,000. Yeah. Just to move out. Wow. Wow. Just to move her out. Just to move out. We just yeah. boom, default. If you want her out, you can do it as an owner when you come in. I believe you have that right. Yeah. We initially, you can't do it down the line like later on. Like there are then limitations too. But if you want to come in, buy everybody out and like rebuild or do whatever you want to yeah, at that yeah. point, they give you that option. But she'd been there long enough. Like, so it would be a minimum to get her 10. That's a 10 grand on top of. That's mind blowing. How ridiculous this place is. It could go higher. Yeah. If yeah. There is a limit to how much they can get, but. She's already talking about a minimum 10. I'm like, dude, this house is already – or this little three you know, thing yeah. is already stupid expensive. Yeah. Now you're just going to throw it out. 10 grand. <laughs> I understand her rides. I've been a renter for a long time, but yeah. I don't remember ever being afforded that perk. Wherever, like, oh, you got to kick me out? 10 Gs. Like I've lived in places a long time. Never have – okay. Yeah. It's crazy. It's nuts. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I know we got to get something someday. She doesn't want to buy a house. She wants to rent yeah. a house or something like that. So I think that's where we're moving towards with our next place. Because our, our upstairs neighbor is out of control, man. We just can't do this anymore. He's bad news. Every story you got about him is not a good thing. Uh, and now he started to ship out stuff from his place. He wasn't doing that before? No, he was like doing it in small amounts. Now it's like bags and sacks of stuff for the mail uh, to for the mail to come and get and send out, but he is packing these bags with these two other dudes until midnight on Sunday nights, Monday nights, uh, Thursday nights, and he's running up and down the fucking stairs with these sacks of bags of stuff to send out to his clients. And my girlfriend found his business license online, and really? it puts the address at where we're at. So I I was looking at our guidelines for our rental agreement and like what you can and can't do. And he has violated four of those things. I mean, legally, I don't know if he can run a business out, out of a of residential. An yeah, I don't know. And that's the thing that I, have I to... think you would have to own the house. I assume, yeah, to legally be run out. You know, I don't know. And so I, I, I think the next step for we're going to reach out to the landlord, and two things are going to happen. I'm going to propose that either he lets us break the lease and doesn't charge us a fucking dime, and even pays for moving expenses. Or two, he's kicking that fucker out because we didn't rent an apartment in a, a below a business. That wasn't our intention. Yeah, and he came in after us, so yeah. we should have been told and warned. You're right that this person was going to have a business. It's going to take you a while, but you could you could win that case. Oh, f- I'm winning this fucking case. I know, but be look, yeah. it's not going to be the first wave. You no, know what no, I mean? no. It's Some gonna... soldiers are going to die <laughs> in this process. That's all right. You're going to have to break some eggs Amen. to make this omelet. Amen. How many more can I come up with? I don't know. I can keep going. How you doing? Video. <laughs> How you doing? Playing straight to you this time. Suck it, audio. This is just for you watching. Uh, anyway, enough of our travails. <laughs> it is. And also uh, from last week's show, yeah. Drew, Drew Inns, uh, the message didn't get to us in, in time to, to read out his top 10 Scorsese because he was a, a patron that, that chose that topic last yes, week. Yes, he did. For the Irishman. We were happy to do it and we thanked him. So we have his list to, uh, to read off as well at the end of the show. Cool. But welcome to everybody uh, that is new to us. Yeah, welcome. And, do you want to do the list now or at the end? Because I feel yeah. it'll be confusing if we do two separate lists, run right after the other. Oh, yeah. Sure. Don't you think? That makes sense. Yeah, let's do the Drew list now. Okay. Uh, what, uh, was, what was for the uh, What was the topic again? And, and before I forget, oh, yeah. for those uh, that want to, you can find us on the Collider f- uh, live feed. Yes. Uh, for a podcast. That's Collider Live, the feed that Collider Live is on. That's where the podcast is going. And so I assume you found us because you're listening to us. True. But if you're watching this on video... Yeah. Uh, on our feed, uh, or you're one of the patrons, 
that's where you need to go to to, to yeah if it happens to pop up there first and you yeah. listen to it there listen to it there yeah you know just yeah. listen to the show that's all we really care about that's all we want it is it's just you know then we can do the interaction with people on twitter and we've got yeah. our nice facebook group facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the top 10 show all spelled out uh, hit us up over there. The live shows. Yeah. You know, we give stuff back on Patreon. And we're just happy you're there. And for our London fans, we're in negotiation right now. Just and, letting you know. Yeah, them in Houston. 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 We should have an announcement on the, hopefully, the next episode. Yep. We'll have a date for you. We'll have a venue. And uh, we're going to probably do two shows if yeah. we can swing it. Two words for you. Leap year. That's all I'm going to say. Leap year. Two words for you. Uh <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah. Well, what was our list for last week that Drew sent the list? Oh, Scorsese. 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 So, uh, he suggested the topic. We both shout him out, give him a shout out on Twitter. Yes. Uh, so let's uh, see what his list is. Um, all right. So at 10, he's got the king of comedy. Makes sense. I made both of our lists. Yes. At nine, casino. Okay. Uh, a little low, I think, for our two lists. Yes. Uh, eight is Gangs of New York. Okay. All right. Seven is Wolf of Wall Street. Nice choice. Seems a little low. We didn't have Gangs of New York. We did not. So someone came at us on Twitter about it. That's fine. And I responded and said, there's two good scenes in that movie, and that's it. The opening scene and the scene with Daniel Day-Lewis and Daniel DiCaprio. I mean, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio when he wakes up in the bed. Okay. That's the only two good scenes. That is a damn good scene. Yeah. I think of the first scene first. Yeah, definitely. That's the first thing that comes to mind. It's a great scene. It is. It's a hell of an opening. I wish the rest of the movie was that good. I know. Uh, Six, he's got Cape Fear. Okay. And five is Silence. Oh, interesting. Okay, Drew. I mean, I like that movie, but I didn't love it. It's it's a movie you have to endure. There's a lot of well, it's just silence. Yeah, it is, but it's just a lot of slow. Yeah, it's a lot of slow. Slow build up to an inevitability that you see coming long before. Yeah, you're like, oh, this doesn't. He's gonna do this. (laughs) I'm not gonna like watching him do that. He's right. I believe he's right. Right. Uh, And then later on, when they. I would love to have seen, spent more time with them after they had kind of resigned themselves to, I can do more good on this will and I can still do God's will yeah. by helping others, saving others that may just have the religious artifact. Because they're the ones that have to inspect yeah. foreign merchants and stuff when they come in, so they let shit slide and whatnot, and they could be of more good in that way, mm-hmm. publicly. But privately, you know my heart hasn't changed, and I haven't changed what I do. Yeah. It's just public, so I don't say it aloud, but I can still be like, it had some great themes just took forever. To it really took forever. It took forever. Four is The Departed. Okay. Uh, three is Raging Bull. Nice. Notice that. Three. <laughs> Two is Taxi Driver. Also had Silence of Five, so. Doesn't uh, matter. Over King of Comedy? Come on. But you know what he does have at number one? What's that? Is the one and only Goodfellas. Oh, that's good. That's good. preponderance of people came out and weighed mm. measured support. The preponderance of people who bothered to tweet about it. Put up a poll. We'll put one up on the the Top 10 Show's official Twitter feed. Right, right. And do one in the Facebook group. You can join us over there. At Top 10 Show on Twitter and then Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Top 10 Show. Yeah. Make your voices heard. We'd like to to know what's your vote. But Uh, unless it's every person voting, it's not the uh, final count. So we don't know. We'll never know. But please vote. That's cute. That's cute. Yeah. You know, uh, of course. But I think you can. We'd get enough of a sample size, sure, that you could extrapolate from that a likely outcome, a possible outcome, sure, a possible, sure. sure. But as you know, percentages start to weigh so heavily in one favor, inevitability is a better descriptor as opposed to possibility. I suppose so. You know. Yeah. 
there's a chance I might spontaneously combust right now. It doesn't mean it's a possibility. Right. It's like a rare occurrence if you believe in that kind of weirdo if shit. You, if you're trying to compare Raging Bull to Goodfellas and saying that you spontaneously combusting is equal to Raging Bull coming out as number one, you're insane. I think you you're know, an insane person. Scales of justice. <laughs> You see that? That's yeah. pretty even keel, my man. That's pretty good. It's pretty. It's right there. It does a little number. It's got a salsa kind of feel to it. It's, it's pretty I good. I like it. We use Max Cady scales of justice on his back. Uh, that's a Cape Fear reference. Um, all right. <laughs> uh, do we want to jump into our lists? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks to Drew for sending that, his list, and I'm glad we were able to read it out. Sorry we couldn't read it out last week. But, Matt, do you want to tell him how the show works officially? Uh, yes. So we're doing uh, Based on a Book. And mm-hmm. as we got into this, it's like, we really should have split the atom on this. Oh, yeah. But we will down the road. Uh, we will down the road. So this is a broad. Very broad. There's so many choices. It's utterly ridiculous how many good choices there are. I think this is a good first show for us to have, too, Matt, because it's a broad topic as opposed to something a little more okay. niche. Do you know what I'm saying? We'll get into the niche down the road. So I took some, some different liberties. But anyway, the way the show works oh, is boy. Yep. once we – well, because it's so broad. I'll get into it. <laughs> Uh, once we set a topic, we go our individual ways and create personal top ten lists. Show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we've revealed our personal top ten list, we create the shows between the two of us. Because you're messing with it. Now, I, you're messing with it. Because I didn't take the space of breath. Oh, okay. In the uh, auctioneer, I always oh, yeah. take that space of breath right there. When the, and once we've revealed, you know, I go right into it. Yeah, yeah. Good what point. are you going to do? What are you, you know, they can't, you can't always be full A, you know? It's true. It's true. Sometimes you get a burger. It's still, it's still satisfying. Good. It's still, it's still satisfying. good. Yeah. still hits the spot. But you know what I prefer? I prefer a full A, personally. Probably right. It's better you for know. you. Uh, whatever. It just tastes better. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I like it. I can't deal with the huge chunks of fat. In like the filet? In steaks. Oh, really? So you don't get, like, um, a ribeye or uh, a prime rib? Prime rib I've never enjoyed. Really? Uh, oh. I've only... Uh, most times I've had it isn't like some brunch thing we go out for like, hey, we're going to this nice restaurant for Easter brunch yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. And they'll have prime rib. I've had a few times somebody made it at the house. Mm-hmm. But every time it's just like, I don't know, the fat to taste ratio seems off for me. I'd rather have – I'll take a New York. I'll take a filet. I'll take, a, I'll take right. a whole bunch of other stuff before I get to that. She's turned me into a prime rib fan because the fat in the prime rib is it, what gives it the flavor. It is all the flavor. And it is fantastic. It's, it's worth the extra five or ten dollars you're paying – and depending on where you go, maybe forty dollars. Where you're paying for your steak, it's worth it to have the the uh, the fat on it and the prime rib because it does taste infinitely better than know. a regular steak, now, or a fillet, or a New York strip. I've never had like Kobe, but I've had Oof, Kobe beef is good. Well, they say that there's an actual there's very little chance any Americans actually had. Oh, really? Technically, Kobe beef. Oh, off, like authentic Kobe beef. The true. Gotcha. So there's Wagyu, which Wagyu? is like from the region kind of thing. Right. Right. Uh, it's still all the same edicts and whatnot, but mm-hmm. Kobe is such a very – there's only so many cows that get slaughtered every year. Right. So that's some really prime shit. I've seen oh. Kobe burgers at way too many restaurants to believe that shit. <laughs> and then eventually I've, I read a couple articles online. Like I found one. is like, oh, that's interesting. So I just do Google, Google search, see what else I can find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like it's, it seems from this novice's perspective, <laughs> listening to the internet – there's very little – and I've had a lot you – know, not a lot, but I've had a decent number of Kobe beef that, that – Okay. And that, okay. And I still don't think I've – after reading that, I was like – Right. I don't think the rest – the restaurant was nice, but I don't know if we're talking top tier, top tier, Uber Select. There's one or two in Los Angeles that actually have it. Right, right. I hear you. Okay. Yeah. I accept your uh, – Because there reasons. it's going to be ridiculously expensive and I don't think I'd just buy it. 
Makes sense. Hey, it just occurred to me. Can you see? Can they see? They just see oh. you, right? They don't see. I think my, so. Can they see? Like you see the camera here. Does it? Can you see my list? In that, camera? I can only see myself. All right, then that's all they see. Yeah. Cool. So they don't see our lists. All right. Good. 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 Uh, I just want to make sure. No I didn't can... think about that until you say, "Can they?" See? Oh, yeah, I know. It occurred to me too. And I can't. I can yeah. only see the back of. Yeah, anyway. and I think All this right. might be my first time with a laptop for my list. Oh, well, I have my laptop here already for for dimes. Dropping dimes. So dimes. Uh, I was like, "Oh shit!" Well, I'll do this yeah. instead. I couldn't yeah. find a pad of paper. Either. They were down in the downstairs unit. That's all right. All I right. had extras, but I didn't. <laughs> you could ask. Yeah. I'm sure we've got a notebook here somewhere. Collider. I know. <laughs> But no, I like this. This is cool. I normally like to have the tactile. It's easier to. Yeah, you're a big fan of that. I am. I am. Oh. The written word. You damn like it. I forgot the damn bongos. That's all right. You can do the dash out and only the video I will. will be able to see all right, John enough. Scurry out of the room. <laughs> Occasionally I've gone to get it, but most times it's his desk. Yeah, it's true. It feels weird every time, even though it's just right there. It is. But, Always just accessible. Uh, all right. You ready all to right. jump in? Yeah, let's do this. Go ahead, Matt. All right. So many choices. So many choices. So many choices. Remember, movies based on a book. Typed out, just single line, I have over a page and a half of choices. Oh, yeah, at least. A page and a half. So it's like, okay, at this point, this is ridiculous. (laughs) It is. Yeah. Because it's so big. So I'm just going to do, there's some no-brainers to me, and then there's a whole bunch of, I love this movie just as much as this movie, just as much as this Ah, one. right. But because I already have one movie kind of like this one, I'm going to talk about this one instead. Okay. Tried to have a little bit more variance, a little bit in my list. I eliminated short. Me too. Novellas are no out. Novella, all novellas short are out. Short stories out. All Shakespeare stuff is if out for me. If it's loosely based on, I tried to exclude those. I tried okay. to go based on, is, okay. you know, because there's some, uh, there's one in particular, and I was like, yeah, but I remember when that came out, they're like, well, it was inspired by is probably better. Ah, okay. Like it gave you the bare bones structure of one, and then mm-hmm. you filled in all the rest, and that's fine. It's right. one of the best movies I've seen. In the past decade. Yeah, okay. Oh, wow. Or it, may, it's a, it might be, okay. You anyway. got a current one. All right, respect. Oh, yeah, no, there's a few. Really? Yeah. Okay, all right. So at 10, I'm just, so dancing around. Okay. Wherever we're at uh, in the list, if you want to do this, at 10, I have Jojo Rabbit. Oh, what book is that based on? Caging Skies. Interesting. I never heard of it. Okay. Well, it didn't have, okay, so how long do you want to talk about Because it? it is a new movie, so we do a spoiler oh, and then figure out the time right. code. Because somebody, we have people to help us with that. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about it? Sure. If you want to talk about it, that's fine with me. All right. So we'll say five-minute timer? Sure. Okay. Five-minute timer starting now. Boom. Um, all right. So I chose it because I, if people were on the fence, I think this is entirely, entirely worth seeing in a yep. theater. Yep. It's really good. It made me, at first, I'm laughing, and I'm also uncomfortable because are you trying to humanize Nazis to me? It's the first 10 minutes of the movie, and it you're is. just like, what the fuck should, is happening? I, I had the ethical question within myself. Should I, I be laughing at this caricature of yeah. Hitler before it's revealed to me that he's, it's his imaginary friend? Right. Because I, I've only seen one trailer ever. I've tuned everything else out. I did the same with Parasite. I've done the same about to see Lighthouse. I've done mm-hmm. the same with that. Like, I don't want to know shit. Okay. I didn't know anything about Parasite. It was great. Yeah, Parasite's fantastic. Not gonna, we're not here to talk about that. Nope. But Taika Waititi is, I mean, he just steals every scene yep. so effortlessly. It's great. And the little kid is amazing. Yep. And in retrospect, like when the girl comes out from hiding and she initially so viciously attacks him, you understand it, but you need to feel more of her, mm-hmm. uh, more of the understanding of why someone feels like a cornered, you know, yeah. like a rat in a cage yeah. in essence. And knowing that people are coming to see them lash out of like, this is my only chance at hope. A lot of great acting. Mm-hmm. 
All across the board. Yeah. I thought Scarlett Johansson some of the best work she's ever done. Yeah. Uh, and heartbreaking in her performance. Um, the I thought, shoes. Yeah, the shoe. Oh, my God. Just noticing because they kept focusing. Yep. They didn't make it a thing. Like, can't tie your shoes. Shoe, and then the shoes. And you're like, when she makes him look, yeah. that is a beautifully poignant, I hope if I was a parent, I would do the same. Yeah. You, you need to see the cost of this. Right. I the know real human cost yes. of this. I know you're 10, but unfortunately, this is happening and you can't be blind to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's still trying to shelter him. But if we're out and you unfortunately have to see it, we need you need to see this. Yeah. This yeah. isn't this glamorous thing that you are out to fervently. You know, when he his imaginary friend gets him so jazzed. And that's when you realize, like, oh, OK. Yeah. He's comedic. I understand. Yeah. They're back and forth sometimes when he's in the bed and he thinks they're fighting. Hitler is. Oh, yeah. It's so good. It's uh, He's all moody and stuff. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, oh, it's just keeping it warm for you. That's what best friends do. <laughs> it's like, oh, dude, you're killing me. The character was so good. Running next to him. Yeah. When he has the grenade, this big, huge, triumphant moment. The slow it. motion thing. Oh, it's, it's great. The, uh, dude, Sam Rockwell kills oh, Alfie Rockwell's Allen. So Kills it. Yeah, Alfie Allen's great too. Yeah, um, and Rebel Wilson's good too. I thought she was funny. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's to me Barenthal. She has one gear, and she, I've never oh, found that gear funny. Fair enough. Okay. It's nothing against her. I know she's good at it. I can respect but that. But it's never it's never hit me. Right. She's so just like that's the one fucking gear you got. But it yeah. works for ninety nine percent of other people. True. I True. got nothing. She's got all the talent in the world. Yeah, Thomas and McKenzie is fantastic. The girl who's uh, who plays the Jewish girl in the in the uh, yeah, she's great. She's I, I, I we saw her in uh, uh, two minutes. Okay, we saw her in that uh, film with Ben Foster, where she's the daughter. Uh, no one. No, oh, yeah, that's her. That's her. Uh, 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 where they're out. He's a war veteran. Yeah, left behind. Left, no, 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 no place. Uh, it's it's like a longer one. Yeah. Uh, leave no trace. Leave no trace. Right. Exactly. Um, one extra word. Anyway. Hence why I'm not in the schmodown anymore. <laughs> hey, look, I could. You got it before I did. I can get it, but it just like. Yeah. It seems like priority twelve to my brain at this point, even though I'm trying to force it up to priority one. Hey, go yeah. go go! I need this right now. I'm on five and a half, and I couldn't come up with Patty, Jen- Patty Jenkins earlier on Rumor Mill. Could not come up with her name to save my life. Would have lost a schmodown. If I had had that question at that time. Uh, yeah. So anyway, o- overall, I love the film. I thought it was very funny. And a lot of people saying, oh, this could be best picture. I'd be very surprised if they not if they if they let it win best. picture. I think they'll nominate it. But I don't think it has that extra oomph as a Nazi movie uh, and uh, obviously a Jewish movie as well. Yeah. To get over the line to win best picture. Um, but then again, you never know. I didn't think Green Book had any shot at all, and that thing won. So you just never know. Maybe this is kind of a safe. Yeah, but Green Book was, ber- was meat and potatoes. Yeah, and this. Well, is that's it. why I didn't think it was going to win. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. it was so simple that I didn't think it was going to win. Perhaps the other choices to the average individual were just so aberrant. Yeah, like you know what, meat and potatoes. This is a meat and potatoes year for me. Yeah, right now for me, it's uh, it's JoJo, Parasite, Joker, and maybe Endgame. So far. Um, and I throw Last Black Man in San Francisco, but I know no one's going to vote for that, even though they should. Well, I still need to see Lighthouse. Mm. JoJo, to me, is the most starkly interesting. I wouldn't disagree. Because the balls yeah. to invent Hitler as a comedic sidekick. Yeah. But he is the manifestation of everything this kid thinks he wants in the world. Right. And you think to yourself, what if I was a 10-year-old kid in yes. Germany? Wouldn't I exactly. like, have these thoughts sometimes? Because so, there's got to be somebody who did. Look, you know, Goebbels' propaganda machine was so good yeah, yeah, yeah. with adults. You don't think it just crushed with little kids? Yeah, right. Uh, there we are. We're done. <laughs> okay. All right. right on that. There we go. Right. Uh, what's, yeah. what's your number nine? 
Uh, my number nine for me as I wake my computer back up yeah. is uh, Das Boot. Oh, good choice, man. All right. I know you love that movie. It came, so. down, it came down to two submarine movies. And okay. I was like, I mean, technically, well, this one, I've watched the other one way more. Right. But this one to me is more like, this is all the gravity to me of being in a submarine. Yeah. It's got and, the prestige to it. Well, it's, it's illustrative of a life that I would never lead. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. So this gives me a uh, you know a glimpse behind the curtain of something I will never do. I, that's why I like sub movies. I'm sure it's on some level why mm-hmm. you like sub movies. Yeah, I will never be down, you know, staring Davy Jones Locker in the face. What is that like on your fucking tube of steel mm. that is pressurized? You know, we don't know shit about the ocean. Really, yeah. we only go down so so deep and so large a, a vessel. Otherwise, just crushing depth of all yeah. this weight of water just piling down on you. Yeah. And you're constantly uh, hearing that. Yeah. Of, of At least yourself. in space, I can lie to myself and be like, well, there's no added force. Maybe I'll live longer. Yeah. This is, dude, if you went outside right now, you would instantly die. <laughs> instantly die. There is no, like, in space, you can float around for a little while, maybe yeah. be, no, crushed. Yeah. So Das Boot is that. And now you have uh, people actively trying to blow you up. <laughs> yeah, right. As if that's no. not enough. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, can you imagine how constrained assholes are on that ship? Oh, my God. Yeah, right. It's either that or they're way too loose. There is no somebody. Yeah. There's nobody that's regular like on a, you know, I go every day at two. It's whistling in. <laughs> whistling in to cl- punch the clock. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah. Oh, boy. Where's my magazine? Yeah, that's true. It's just like a— Where's my issue of the Third Reich? Bring it on in here! Oh, just painful. <laughs> Veins are popping. <laughs> oh, man. The worst. Why is Hans so loose? Why is Hans so goddamn loose? We're all so fucking tight-lipped. Our, our assholes are puckered up here, but he's so loose. Uh, yeah, all right, so two Nazi movies back-to-back, and I respect that. Jürgen Prock now, um, fantastic in that movie. Yep. We've talked about it in depth. Uh, we love it to pieces, so it's a good choice. What's your number eight? You're going to love this. Because you guess what? It's called the Nazi trifecta. Oh, nice. And I'm going with Schindler's List. Oh, okay. Good choice. I had a feeling it was coming somewhere on your list. Well, look, it, there's so many. It Honestly, that one was a tie with another one. Okay. Because, you know, Das, JoJo, I want to tell people about if you right. haven't seen. Right, right, right. Das is like, ah, sub-movie is obviously going to make it. Mm-hmm. But Schindler's List, still emotionally impactful to this day. Yep. Uh, there's a reason that you could make a million movies about this war. Yeah. And yeah. about this situation. Yes. Right? And it still be so resonant over and over and over again. Because there are so many different stories to tell. Well, and we have such a good record of it. Mm-hmm. If we had records like this of other wars, you know, think about the next one. If one, you know, ever breaks out in this country, the amount of coverage that people are going to be able to do on their own. Yeah. We're going to know every angle of it. That's true. Whereas before, you have to kind of like recreate through... You know, official edicts and people writing letters to each other and yeah. shit like that and get the lay of the land. We're like, yeah, this is what they're saying in public, though. Yeah. Like, what was actually going on? <laughs> uh, yeah, the film's fantastic. Obviously, black and white. Uh, Spielberg won the Oscar for this thing, the red coat girl. But I think what I always come back to, though, is that Schindler is not your typical kind of hero. I think over and over again, 
That's what makes me like the film because he's a man full of flaws, cheats on his wife, lies about his business, yeah. you know, and those skills come in handy, not not necessarily cheating on his wife, but the ability to be deceptive, a yeah. uh, right to people's face. He It comes in handy when he's doing what he's doing to save all the Jews that he's trying to save from the Holocaust yes. and under um, Ray finds his nose uh, and that. And so to me, the, the, he's not a guy you necessarily would normally cheer for, but it, it's his charm and his decision in his heart that you kind of go with. Well, I mean, in essence, you know, he's a car salesman. Yeah. Until he finds the thing that starts to work for him and then realizes that he's not really that person at all. Right. That's why he couldn't succeed at it before. Yeah. Um, you know, just a fucking a, a war profiteer. Yeah, it's a, it's a complex movie. Yeah. And especially from Spielberg. Like something that hits this close to home and you can still render this masterpiece. That's impressive because yeah. I can't imagine what you went through trying to – fuck, my grandparents may have – you know, just having those thoughts. Yeah. What, what cousin do I have that had to go through and you, you hear the nuts? Because, you know, fucking IBM supplied the computers that helped them become so efficient at shipping all the people right. and all that stuff. So we were complicit in a good – a decent amount of this. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's so disgusting over and over. That's why we know so much about it. It's like, dude, we had computational power figuring out aspects of it. It's yeah. just ridiculous. Why do you think that we're okay doing 500 films about the Holocaust but people are like, oh, it's too many films about slavery? Like I'm always confused about that. Is it because it didn't happen in our country that we're like, oh, it's fine. I don't mind seeing 500 films about the Holocaust. But if you do another slavery film or another film about slaves, I just can't take it. Or, you know, the, well, what white people did to black people. Because, back in, what, I, I was, I'm always blown away by that. Because war is two-sided and slavery is one. Okay. So at least there's – even if you know you're going to lose, you could go out like glory. We'll go out in a blaze of glory. You know yeah. what I mean? There's at least something of merit. That's why I'm, I'm curious if this Tubman uh, – the Harriet Tubman movie is going to be any good and if it does well. It's got good reviews, but I also know it's like uh, – at least the way it was described to me is that she has narcolepsy and narcolepsy is kind of like her superpower. So I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. I, I'm just – once again, I'm getting this from a couple of people who have seen it already. Is that true? Yeah. No, no. I don't uh, – that's true. But it might be true about the movie. I don't know if it's true about Harriet Tubman. Okay, so but they're saying within the movie they use the character has narcolepsy, which is kind of treated like a superpower, which is why she's able to do what she's able to do. So I don't know. I haven't seen it, so I can't speak to it. But that's what I've heard, right? So what? She's running, and then all of a sudden just naps out, and then everybody runs past her, and then wakes up, and I, then I think it's more a matter that she can nap out quickly and doesn't need eight hours of sleep, so she can do more work. Oh, okay. Do you know what I'm saying? That so she's like a giraffe and they supposedly only sleep like 10 or 15 minutes a day. Right, Something right. Something ridiculous. Right. Which doesn't make sense, although that would make all the sense in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something that makes the least amount of sense. We're like, well, actually in giraffes because <laughs> of X, Y, and Z. Don't they have a second heart because of the – Oh, maybe. The how far it would be too hard to pump the the blood all the way up from the chest cavity to the head. So they have to have something like – Oh, you know, maybe. Pumping the signal at yeah. some point. It's possible. I, I just recently watched uh, last night a documentary on Imelda Marcos called The Kingmaker. Okay. It's a really good documentary. I interviewed the director today for The Deep Cut, but she <laughs> – Nice little plug. No, you want that in? Dude, that's – guys, that's why he is one of the best in the business. That was so good. You're good at that, man. Lauren Greenfield. Uh, anyway, she – Anyway, at the Roca says to find out all about <laughs> <laughs> She – she in the movie they talk about this sequence 
Oh, they talk about this thing that Imelda did when she was in charge of the Philippines. She had like 540 animals from Africa (laughs) brought in and she cleared out all these families so she could have the, in essence, her own wildlife preserve there in the Philippines because she thought it should be cool for these animals to exist. The problem was that they didn't know how to take care of these. Like they didn't know the caretaking. these. So um, what one of the people were saying was that the animals were inbreeding. So you were having sons sleeping with mothers and because oh, they're okay. animals. And so you were having these defects happen to these next generations of animals that had come there. And it was a fact, like the giraffe's necks were getting shorter because of that. And How long know, did it go on it for? Went on, it's still there. They're still there. They're still there. How much? Oh, that's crazy. They had monkeys and giraffes and like zebras and all these different things. And so they were talking about how the, they started, the animals started inbreeding yeah. because the animal doesn't know. Well, it like just bangs whatever. Escobar bringing hippos. Down into Colombia. Right. And eventually just kind of was like, yeah, they live on a property. Now they have packs, of a couple, you know, some wild hippos. Right. And I don't know if you know anything, but I, th- I believe hippos kill more humans on the continent of Africa than any other animal. Yeah. Because they're so fucking territorial and that jaw can snap a watermelon like it's nothing. At least the tame ones at the zoo. You know what I mean? Yeah. How come we haven't done a hippos horror movie? What do you got? What do you, are you got Tusk? What else you got? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's why. I think you can do a hippo horror movie. If you can do Crawl with the gator. How are you going to do a hippo? Like legitimately. Because ultimately the character has to live on land. So this hippo is just too upright, just walking around, like, or just chilling out of the water. You know what I mean? Oh, maybe. We're just constantly on a boat. We don't think, you know what, we need to get the fuck away from water because the hippo will. It's not like he's going to come 100 miles inland. So why don't I just go 100 miles? That's what I'm talking about. Maybe the hippo can can, can do that. It's like an. it's a, it's a technically, it's like a scientifically altered hippo. So it's like a, where there are floodwaters and it backs up like a, a freshwater or something yeah. whatnot and a shark gets into <laughs> a gulf fucking lake or something. You know, you see that down south in Louisiana and Florida and whatnot. They just had a bunch of flooding and then a bull shark gets into an area. It shouldn't <laughs> Holy catch. shit. Bull shark's nothing to mess with. No, I know it isn't. Yeah. And oh, what, that you? and a tiger shark. I like oh, that the they tiger. had to like make levels for a shark. You right, know what I mean? right, yeah. The hammerhead. You know, hammerhead makes sense. Okay. Because it, it looks. Hank's just got a fucking yeah. hammer for a head. Fair enough. Uh, that makes all the sense in the world. Was great. it Thresher? Thresher shark or whatever? Thresher? Could be. There's Mako, Great White. Mako, right. Whale. Um, nurse. Yeah. What else you got? Tiger. There's like that Seven said? Guild one. It's like prehistoric. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, too. Uh, this is interesting for people as we go <laughs> through. <laughs> What sharks you got? It's our you, new you show. wanted us on camera. Uh, it's for Patreon only. <laughs> what sharks you got? That comes out on uh, Fridays. <laughs> That's a new show for the top ten. What shark you got? Oh, I would uh, love it, dude. I'd come up. I'd show up in a shitty blazer. I'll gladly host this one. I would just put on a fake mustache and I would play straight to that camera. And you're my contestant every week. That's perfect. And we just do it. I should come in dressed as a different shark every <laughs> week. <laughs> Are you Jabberjaw this week? Beautiful. Oh, uh, let me guess. Jack Black character in Shark Tale. What was that, that guy's name? I don't Hammer, remember. Hammerhead. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right, let's move on. My next one? Uh, no, uh, no, that was my trifecta right, of right. Uh, Nazis. Uh, so my number 10 is uh, Casino Royale. Okay. Good. Yeah. On my page and a half of choices. Yeah, I, I really like this movie. I keep going back to this movie, and 
Uh, it is the movie that made me fall back in love with Bond. As, as good as the... Without a doubt. Right? As good no. as the... Uh, as shitty Pierce... as the pre- Pierce Brosnan's were. Okay. I like the Pierce Brosnan's. I, go back and watch them again, man. It's so There's uh, so much know, cheese. His ch- oh, well, there is. And that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, th- those were... That was a certain level of Bond that you expected, right? Uh, same thing with uh, the Sean, the Roger Moore ones, the Sean Connery ones to a degree Roger as well. Roger Moore could still give you a legitimate... Like, the one with Chris Walken... Is ridiculous with oh, all yeah, the, the horses kill. and whatnot, but it's not Moonraker. It's not right. you know other ones where they're just going for like these big sets and comedy pieces. And well, Moonraker's Roger Moore. So. I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He has those moments of like, no, right. I don't like this. Maybe in the moment, like yeah. this came out more than likely at the height of Steve Martin's comedic fame. You know what I mean? So oh yeah, yeah. The unironic became ironic, like just the uh, you know mm-hmm. over the top, over the you know mallet on the head fucking jokes. <laughs> But just, Steve Martin is an anomaly, you know? Yeah. I've never liked um, any of the Bond films except for Goldfinger from the Connery era because I thought they were also cheesy. But Goldfinger uh, is another level for me. I, I like a – Goldfinger's great. Yeah. I like a bunch of the Sean Connors. But there is – well, I mean, look, it, it wasn't what it became. Daniel Craig finally took it to a place where – that's where I always felt the character should be. Right. And that's why I like Casino Royale because yeah. it like it took Bond to the to really a level it had never been to before and kind of got you into this idea of this this is what Bond actually is. And a lot of people who were uh, Ian Fleming fans said this is what he r- was intending for his Bond to be in the books that he wrote including mm-hmm. Casino Royale which is what this is based on. This idea of this brutal uh uh out of nowhere agent with a murky past uh, a, you know, a gift with the ladies, oh, yeah, but the, dedicated to his country and willing to do whatever to get there. The huevos getting knocked from underneath is in the book. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, that's in the book because I, I had heard the, at some point that in his day he got criticism for being a sadomasochist because he put Bond through stuff like that. Right, right. And <laughs> but that's what kind of I mean, I happened. Could, look, that's a valid question in that it has popped up. I, I've never read the books. I just know mm. that offhandedly over the years, picking up information here and there. Right, right. It's always been a movie franchise for me. And it was it was weird to me once I found out. I was like, oh, really? Like I was still a kid mm-hmm. because it's just, oh, there's 15 of those movies and I'm, I'm just getting into movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, crazy books. All right. Well, I'm not going to read them. I'm just going to watch the movies because I'm a kid. <laughs> the movies are better. Yeah. I read books as a kid, but I was just like, I, if I got the movie, guys, what are, we, what are we doing here? Yeah. As good as – and I think Skyfall is my favorite, obviously. But this, yeah. is, this is the one that like kind of woke us back up to what the Bond character could be. Great work uh, all around from everybody in the film. Jeffrey Wright is hilarious. Um, oh, God. Uh, Ava Green is great as well mm-hmm. as Vesper Berlin. Uh, getting a little bit of M with Judy Dench a little bit there with her. That, that reconnection uh, – I mean, that connection rather for the first time the, the, yeah, of that like new that, bond. That choice. All of it. She yeah. carries all the weight of yeah. being M. Yeah. It's a cr- great casting. Uh, Q. I like the the take on Q. Yep. yep. I've seen that guy. That was a guy who was in a very English scandal yep. or whatever. Ben Whishaw. There you yep. go. Yeah. Uh, and the new stuff. And, and the way it's progressed since then, I've just really enjoyed it. So this is the one that I, I come back to all the time because I really that's love. That's where we get Na- uh, Nomi Harris from. Yeah, it? Nomi Harris and Miss Money Petty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, my number eight, uh, nine is an old school epic, uh, Ben Hur. Okay, it's based on a book by General Lew Wallace, uh, and uh, he wrote it, which is based on a book well, called the Bible. Called hey the Bible. Oh, hey yeah. which is based on a based on. It's a very niche. We should do a based on a based on. Oh, that'd be perfect. <laughs> I don't know. We'll get, get there eventually. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this one, I mean, I, I love this movie to pieces. It's one I watch every Easter, and whenever it's on TV, I love it and watch it. And I just, there's something about the 
this is the greatest biblical epic, in my opinion, ever made, even though the story is not in the Bible. And that it just feels like a biblical epic, obviously, because Jesus Christ is involved in it too, in a peripheral way, way, but mm-hmm. enough of enough so that he's still a very powerful character in the but movie, as he would have existed story. for the majority of people that lived in that day. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So he would have been someone you may have heard about, mm-hmm. but if you weren't a part of what he was doing, then it was just a guy you heard about. Yeah. Still yeah. pop up in her, you know, sect with depending on where you're at. Yeah, and I love what you got with Charlton Heston. So really, is so good in this movie, and it's one of his some of his best acting work, in my opinion. And I know people make fun of like doing this kind of thing, but in this film, it really works. Uh, he has a good, good villain to play off of in Masala. Uh, I think Stephen Boyd is the actor's name, but back and forth they go throughout the whole film, and. Uh, and then, you know, what happens to his mom, what happens to his sister, all of it just really – and it's incredibly well directed by William Wyler. So to me, overall, this is just one of those epic films that still endures, still okay. endures when, at a time when – and, you know, we, we have The Irishman coming out three and a half hours uh, and Avengers Endgame is three hours. So we have had a palette for – or a – I don't know. A, we're, we were, we've been okay with three-hour movies in the past. Yes. So it, it just, it's just a matter of can you earn the three hours and I think this still does. For me, it's always been, I think we could trim uh-huh. something somewhere because, you know, the heart of the story overall yeah. is super engaging. And, yes, I like the portrayals they're giving and especially the finding out later there might have been some innuendo. Yes. Go back and rewatch. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. oh, that's really interesting. Was, was that Gore Vidal? Yeah, Gore Vidal. Uh, Who said there might, there might be a bit of homosexuality between, yes, between the two characters? Yeah, then you yeah, go yeah. back and they ask, "What is it? Uh, do you like uh, oysters or snails?" Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's like, oh, that's super interesting. <laughs> There's just some other maybe. Uh, I think the writer said too that they threw they kind of slid I, that I in so. there and as a subtext. Everyone else knew except yeah. for Heston. Yeah, who claims to claim to his deathbed that it was not that at all. He can claim it. True. The rest of us can see the fingerprint for what it clearly is. Hey-o. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, my number eight is uh, Fight Club. Okay. Another tough. Yeah. yeah there's all, so many choices. Of course. Of course. I, I came down to like which is the ones that when I read it, I know it belongs on my list. And Fight Club was certainly that. I didn't know where okay. it belonged on my list. Okay. But as soon as I saw the title, that's how I made this list. I was like, if I look at the title I, and I feel well, 100% of my bones that it belongs on the list, it belongs on the list. I don't know where I put it, but it belongs on the list. I, I have really a top 17. Yeah. That's where I started. That's fair. I cut down to 17. I was like, these are all legitimate. They should be on this list. Mm-hmm. And that's where I actually started when cutting down my page and a half. Yeah. I just put check marks next to as I'm just reading down, not caring how many I get to and just get to the end. I count it up. It's like 17. It's like, fuck this list. Because <laughs> there's no right answer. No, there is. I have 17. It's all your taste. It's all your taste. It is. It really is. And Fight Club is, you know, it comes up uh, every once and again mm-hmm. because it's such a unique, interesting it's amazing they came in, uh, in with this idea and pulled it off so beautifully. Yeah, yeah, and it still holds up. And I think it it's, I think it's themes about male toxicity and how uh, men and women interact in situations, and also this idea of leading a movement uh, and mental illness. All of it are in here, you know. And we're talking about this what in two, early two thousand, late nineties. Like it's that uh, Edward Norton. Um, I just listened to his interview with Bill Simmons. On oh, the yeah. Bill Simmons. I listened to it. Great interview. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he talked about how this film was so much more of a bomb than Rounders was because of how much money they'd put into yeah, this the, the film hype in comparison. and the lead up to it. And just like, here's two guys on their ascension and this really cool, interesting project. Exactly. And Brad Pitt said to him after the screening, he said, you know, yeah. uh, this is it's a great line. This is the greatest film we're ever going to be a part of. And, we're, ne- we're never going to be better than this. 
Oh, I thought it was. This is this is one of the best films we'll ever be a part yeah, of. That's it. It's one of the best films we'll ever be a part just of. Just in yeah. the back, they're young and just seeing it and going, that was yeah, that was great. There's so much about it that I uh, that I watch every every I don't know every couple of years, and I take so much more out of it every single time I watch it. And that, I've always said this. That's that's. A mark of a great film is that it still it stays is. with you and teaches you something or resonates with you in a different way depending on where you are as you get older in life. And it's one of those things that's like, you know, I don't know if you ever came to it, mm-hmm. but eventually I, I read – I tried to read uh, some Chomsky and I tried to oh, read yeah. some, uh, you know, socialist uh, and, yeah. and Marxist I- idealist and whatnot and just to get an understanding of what the debate yeah. was based on. Why did the belief exist like that? And you see just blatant capitalism if it runs amok. And you read that in Chomsky, so then you you know watch something like Fight Club, and you go, yeah, you you can't look at it through a purely commercialistic state yeah, at yeah. all times and understand motivations like that. It sucks that you can boil down the essence of humanity to greed, but well, it's true. Yeah, it's true. It's true. There's nothing that clean, there's nothing yeah. that uh, that uh, clarifies or cuts through like greed does, unfortunately. I, yeah, I mean, it manifests itself like when he's going through his uh, apartment and cataloging uh, yeah. my perfect uh, couch, and it's that was $1,200, and it was called this. Like, he's going through the magazine and whatnot, filling a lack of identity and self yeah. with the things that you buy. Somehow those complete you on some level. I'm yeah. glad I left that shit behind a long time ago. Like, yeah. I don't need shit. Okay. I don't want to have just accumulate shit for the sake of accumulate. If I like something, I will buy it. You're right. But it just... If I can enjoy it in the moment, that's fine. I move on yeah. type of thing because uh, I don't know. That's one of the things I enjoy about moving is it's a it's taking, a cleansing. Yeah. It's a cleansing. You're taking stock mm-hmm. of what you need and what you don't need. Yeah. And what so, I'm actually using, what I'm not. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, I, uh, since we've moved into the new place, obviously uh, I had a cleansing before we moved in. Mm-hmm. I had another one just recently where I took out like four bags of stuff again. Yeah. And 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 I've bought new like small like IKEA furniture of thirty forty bucks, but so I can organize what I've got left. Mm-hmm. And if it's organized, then to me I feel like okay. If it's organized, it has found its place. But I know there's three bins in this closet in my office that I'm going to have to go through again and mm-hmm. create another bag and just toss out because I'm whole, it's a it's a slow cleansing, right? And yeah. and I and I like that. And it is it's this attachment to things, holding on to things and whatever. Um, yeah. Well, hopefully with the it, you do yeah. you sometimes create it reminds you of a very specific moment and that moment yeah. is worth moving that thing again to you yeah but eventually you just get to the point of like I just need to remember the moment yeah uh, of why I had it. yeah yeah of why I had this some of them you can it's just like it it means too much right but a lot of them just like I can remember it without this anymore yeah it's that's fine. that's the thing right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, anyway David Fincher fantastic job directing this movie great it's stuff awesome. between both of them it's awesome. Helena Bonham Carter so good so all right what's your number seven. Uh, my number seven. This is where the. I mean, it's. What are you gonna do, Jaws? Uh that's my number six. Nice. It's, At least we got one in there. Who knows if we got any? It's been a while since we high five. That's only for you watching right out there. <laughs> Two old guys stretching so they don't pull something in their back. Ouch! Boom. There it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this nah, is great. Peter Benchley. It's amazing because it's it's a it created the modern tentpole. Yes. So you have to give it all due respect to that. And you hear that in a lot of movies that of that ilk, they don't hold up over time. Yeah. And this one, is just it's never not going to – the build is so just steady yeah. pacing. It's just like the shark. It's coming. It's inevitable and you're going to see it yeah. long before it gets there and there's nothing you can do about it. And just like, oh, fuck that, man. That's why the ocean is so scary. Mm-hmm. I mean why a shark would have a specific vendetta against you – I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
but it could happen. Sure. You know, I, out of all the things that possibly could happen, that one's, you know, hypothetically likely. Yeah. Or, or whatever. There's a chance. And to see it, I mean, I'd be damned if it didn't scare numerous generations and potentially could still scar generations. Oh, yeah. But that initial one, I'm glad I didn't live through that of being a kid. Because even when I was an adult, it came up, uh, I told you this uh, once. So I used to be on swim teams and stuff and whatnot. Yeah. And in the wintertime, I lived in West Virginia. So we had to go to the YMCA because they had the only indoor pool. So we'd mm-hmm. go swimming uh, just kind of for fun in the off-season type of thing. Right. But in the deep end where they had the two diving boards inside, the high dive and the whatever, the low dive, but it's a little higher than a low dive yeah. standard type of thing, uh, they just painted a black great white shark <laughs> of, in the other end. And it was probably like seven feet by three feet. So you could see it when you're 15, 20 feet away and it still looked big. Yeah. But it's just a black silhouette. It's yeah. not like they did outlines. It looks realistic, whatever. And I see that and every time I'd be like, there could be a shark that lives down there. There could be. <laughs> Because I'd already seen that movie and I was like seven or eight. Yeah. And just like, I know there's not. Like, I know there's not. But at the same time, I don't like So occasionally I just swim like right to the edge. And then it's like, I don't, I don't feel like swimming all the way in front of that thing. <laughs> I swear to God. Yeah. I mean, like when this thing came out, you we had seen movies before. I think the movie going public rather had seen movies before previous decades. You know, concerning the water and things that are in the water, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. this was like... This is so above and beyond. Yeah, this is like next level because it felt so real. Yeah, there's no possible. lagoon in the fucking title. You know, Neptune is not rising up. It's fine. This it's not is, a big, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, octopus uh, yeah. or squid or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not 20,000 leagues <laughs> under the sea where technically we didn't know the giant squid existed. Right. It was only lore, but now we found evidence of it. Right, right. Uh, and fucking... It's, but this is, this is legitimate. And the nice no. thing is... As you get older, like the USS Indianapolis, I didn't know the significance yep. of that until I was older and watching it again and finding out about the yeah. story. And you're like, oh, my God. And you start thinking about that as you read accounts. And like, that's brutal. Right. So this movie works on an even better level and you understand uh, Quint more. Yeah. yeah. Why his motivation is, why he's so fatalistic. Yeah. She's uh, like, OK. Well, it's it, the three versions of men, isn't it? You have the intellectual in uh, okay. sh- in uh, in uh, Dreyfus. You have the more brutal male, old school male. Prehistoric- Scheider, the marriage of and the Scheider two. Scheider is the marriage of the two. Scheider okay. is the middle ground, right? The man you want. He's he's able to step up and do what needs to be done. But he's also cerebral in how he po- approaches things. You know, if Quentin doesn't destroy the radio. They call in and they're they're fine. They're, none of them die. True. Quint doesn't die, but Quint hitting the thing stops any other aid from coming to help them or them coming closer to shore. And him running the well, engine on purpose to break it so that he could have this final confrontation with the shark. Exactly, he can have his showdown. That's what he wants. The, the self destructive asshole. Man versus nature. Guess right. who, guess who wins every single fucking time. Not everyone's sitting in. Look, there are huntsmen with trophy rooms across the world. Well. We can still win. That's a separate conversation. Exactly. But if we— You're surprising the thing. By their rules, if we didn't cheat, they would win every time. Yes, that's what I'm saying. But guess what, motherfucker? Opposable thumbs. So (laughs) until you get that— Suck it, animals. Exactly. And some more wrinkles in your brain so you have a little bit higher intelligence. Go talk to the dolphins. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to lose when we come prepared. Don't stop banging your moms. (laughs) What can I tell you? Yeah, whatever you're doing. Guess what? We're winning and you're not. Uh, hash, hashtag Tiger Blood. Let's bring it back. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, all right. That was, your, that was number, my seven. That was your six. six? Mm-hmm. Uh, my six is Die Hard. 
Oh, nice. I didn't know that okay. until doing this on yeah. this list. And I was like, oh, it's based on a book. Oh, a book that came out like 14 years before. Yep, yep. Called uh, Nothing Lasts Forever. Nothing Lasts Forever, yeah. When we covered it on the um, Cinephiles, we, I, I had no idea, yeah. too. Until Steve mentioned, I was like, what? It's based on a book. And then you exactly. wow. Never come up in a million years. Yep. And then going through this, so I found, man, when you go onto Wikipedia and look for. Oh, yeah. It's not just based on a book. It's There's an entire section for civics books. Civics. Oh, interesting. But they, they do it by whatever. You can mm-hmm. see once you get in because there's a lot of cross-pollination. The civics also comes up on this nonfiction oh, list. Oh, right, right, right. So you're going through. But I went through a list of that makes sense. A to Z, all fiction. And then they have biographies and this and this. And right. then I went on over here and you're finding out all kinds of information. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or I always knew this was based on a book. And then you start reading about it and be like, it's, it's a loose spacing. And like, <laughs> not making my list. You're not part of the 17. There's too many good ones. Yeah, yep. Yeah, you're awesome, but I'm sorry. It's not going to work for me. <laughs> so Die Hard, I was like, oh, come on. Who doesn't? One of the best action movies. Can't deny. It's one if of not the best. not the best. It's in the argument. Certainly in the argument. I don't know how you can legitimately say this is the best action movie of all time. Wow. We've never done that. We, it, because it's impossible. Top 10 action movies. It's like saying what's the best comedy of all time. That is so subjective. Seems pretty easy to me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what are you going to choose? I don't know. It's subjective. You're right. It's so utterly subjective. It's yeah. like, ah, because of this, this, and this, and this. And it could be the age you saw it, or it could be just like, dude, this one punchline, that's the best punchline I've ever heard in a yeah. movie. Yeah, for whatever reason, it works for you. Yeah. Over and over and over again. Um, much like Jojo Rabbit, you guys should go see that. <laughs> nice. But, so Die Hard, I don't know what we say about Die Hard at this point that hasn't we haven't said, and, yeah. and thousands of other yeah. have said do you know? Do you think they'll ever? Uh, there's so much uh, uh, rumors. Yes. You think? Uh, well, a him prequel? bring back or the rumors about a prequel, which makes no fucking sense to me. No, nah, just start over. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. Right. Just reboot it. Yeah. Because a prequel implies that John McCain has been in this. Uh, McLean has been in the situation before, but John McClane had never been in the situation before. That's what made this such an interesting movie. Now you could make it a prequel, and then he's exploring cases and blah blah blah. That's fine. But him and the Nakatomi Plaza, that is like uh, – what's the joy of it is that he is negotiating it as it's going along because yeah. he has no idea what how to how to uh, get through this. But, yeah, he's but just he figures d- it out. A regular guy. Yeah. He's a regular dude. Just right. a regular – he's a cop and he's a good cop. But, you know, he's getting yeah. divorced from his wife. Like the other – the stress of the job is destroying his personal life. Exactly. So this is kind of all he's got. But he – He's just kind of started to carry that. Yep. So it hasn't been sunk in like years of I'm married to the job now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is kind of fresh and he's still hoping to salvage his, his marriage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's funny. You know, it's awesome. It's, it's die a hard. fantastic It's movie. die hard. Yeah, what what right. are you going to say? What do you got? What do you got at seven? Uh, seven is uh, The Social Network. Oh, that's based on a book? Yeah. I didn't see that on any list. It's called uh, The Billionaires. Oh, sorry. It, uh, totally good. I, I should have wrote it down. Be. It's my bad. I should have wrote it down. Uh, let's see the social network book. What do you got, yeah. John Roca? <laughs> the what do is, you got on that movie called? It's called The Accidental Billionaires: The Founding of Facebook, A Tale of Sex, Money, Genius, and Betrayal by Ben Mesrick. Uh, and this came out in 2010. Uh, it even has the same like kind of design to match the social network. 
Uh, so, well, I wonder if that was the original printing or oh, the second printing. Oh, good question. Good question. Maybe, maybe it wasn't. But either way, it was based on a book, so that's all I need to qualify. Uh, and for me, when I saw it, I was like, "Oh shit, this is based on a book." Done. I can't believe I missed it. This one keeps elevating for me in my estimation. The more I see it, and the, and the more, weirder we see Zuckerberg get. Yes, certainly over the last year, and certainly the last couple of weeks, like seeing his. Responses to things, seeing his approach that you start to see Michael Sarah creeping through. I'm sorry, Jesse Eisenberg creeping through in his performance, you know. And Zuckerberg, after the movie came out, of course, denied a lot of things. That the only thing they got right was the clothes or something like that. Of course. Um, but as you see him battle with Congress and battle these things about these ads, you're like, oh, no, that's that dick. That's that dick I saw in the movie. That's that dick that was doing shit and screwing over the two brothers, the, the Winklevoss twins. That's that dick who's in the conference room. It, no, oh, sure. true. I don't know if any of those events happened, but it feels like that's but that he's, dick. He's also the guy that saw the gold mine for the gold. Sure. Absolutely. And everybody else was like, well, I came up with the idea and be like, you came up with a name. Right. Like that's, or a concept. Uh, yeah. I put it in motion. Vague concept. Right. I'm the one that created the world where that idea could exist. And you, it's not like it was unique to you. Yeah. There were other social networking platforms got it going on. Yeah. Yours was just closest, and I hadn't thought about it yet, and it sparked the idea in my head. Yeah. To but, me, it's very similar to the Kardashians, right? Because, like, the Kardashians are built off a of sex tape. Zuckerberg built Facebook off of Is She Hot or Is She Not? Which is a sexist approach to women that okay. is fun for a college kid, of course. You know, you're, you're still figuring things out. Um, and that's it, – it's just as seedy in a different way to me. It's just as like, uh, I don't know, base, but was able to build an empire off of that yeah. because that was the first attempt at it. And then he branched it out to be more than just that. But that was the initial start. And so – it, is, it wasn't this, like, noble beginning of wanting to communicate and connect people and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. No, it was made to, to judge women's looks for these dudes at a college. And then it became what it became. So uh, I think that's what's – when I watch the movie, that's what I enjoy about it. And I think Sorkin's dialogue is absolutely incredible. It is. It, and the rat-a-tat is just – it works so beautifully within this movie. Exactly. It's tough to pull Sorkin off. Yeah. Yep. West Wing and this are my two favorite, I think, examples. I think, that's, I think this is his, uh, his best written film. Uh, I would agree to, that Wing, yeah. West Wing is my favorite of his writing. Well, because that rat-a-tat is – it's a weird world to exist in to have a discourse with another person. Yeah. And I only believe that in a couple situations or Eisenberg is like that. Right. So the world right. around him conforms to him because he's right. the one that's driving that ship. Yeah. Uh, whereas in politics, like it does, the world exists this quick when you have to police the world. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Whereas Sports Night is like there is no need for them to talk like this. Right. It's weird. Like Sports Night is – It's why I never liked it. Nobody has the zippy comeback. Whereas West Wing is like these are all hyper-intelligent individuals. Yes. I hope. I hope. Yeah. But running all these different departments, know exactly what they are, can think of every problem because they have to. That's their job. Yeah. But from as many different vantage points and just like that's that takes a specific type of individual. Yeah, don't disagree. Yeah. So it's just like, boom, of course, Alison Janney comes in and she's sparring with, you know, Bradley. Yeah. And she's, he's sparring with just right back and forth. And Richard Schiff comes in and yeah. just fucking cuts through the shit, you know, like a machete and just walks out of the room. I remember randomly running into Bradley Whitford uh, at the uh, championship game. Um, no, at the 
college football semifinal game with Oklahoma versus Georgia two years ago. Okay. And I, he was just randomly in line with the rest of us, just going into this, 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 you know, like, like the all plebes. the cattle just going into the stadium. And I got to tell him how much, like, I just told him, like, how much I really love West Wing. And he's like, I never, you know, he goes, you think I get tired of hearing that? I don't. I never do because it's a show all of us were insanely proud of. And one of the most difficult things I've ever done as an actor because of the dialogue. And it was so good for so long. It really Fucking was. It's, it's genuine. It's a, one of those you can go back to. It's it's a procedural in that usually problem that gets brought up in Act One gets closed by Act Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether it's resolved in favor of the presidency or against. Yeah. There are some that continue on. They have longer story arcs to go throughout, and then there's something that crops up, and they got to deal with it because that's the effing job. Right. But like when a couple people die, it hits you hard. It does. You've been with them for a long time. Yeah. And I'll be damned if Martin Sheen wouldn't make a great president. <sighs> it feels like that, right? Yeah, that's what I want. I want, like, even if I don't agree with the president, yeah. I want the smartest guy in the room to be my guy. Yes. Because at least you could hypothetically come at him with logic and right. sway him to the a, a good idea if it's genuinely a good idea as yeah. opposed to just like – no, I don't listen to anything. Just like, you need to take in all information that you can and make the best decision. Even if I don't like it, you at least listen to all opinions. Yeah. To be afraid of a dissenting opinion or opinion that's different than yours is – I don't know. I just don't think it's the market of intelligence. It does you a disservice. Of course it does. Yeah. Cause you, just because you think about it doesn't mean you're absolutely right. Maybe there's an aspect of it you hadn't thought about. I mean that's the whole yeah. genesis of movies is to show you a point of view that you may not have uh, looked at a certain thing uh, mm-hmm. through. A certain prism rather to look th- – <sighs> To present you a point of view that you may not have even considered or a new prism with which to look at an old thing. thing. There we go. All right. I'm done talking. Um, what are we up to? You're number five? Well, before we get to my five, oh. why, don't, why don't we take a quick break yep. for our audio listeners on our feed, and uh, we will be right back and jump back into these lists. Boom. Okay. Let's just jump right back <laughs> in right there. I kind of like that as a new addition to the show. All sure. Right. They get to see that. They do. We'll, we'll cut out that bit of audio. That's right. And that'll only be for you guys out there watching. Okay, boom. Um, all right, where are we? You're number, five? number five. All right, what is it? Uh, the Wizard of Oz. Oh, great choice, my man. Great choice. Said, look. <laughs> it's an all-time classic. I like how you do that. Look. Look. And to, to explain just like why I have to justify putting The Wizard of Oz on a list makes no sense. Because if it qualifies, not. it's always in the discussion. That's a fair point. And, uh, you know, I would still I, – I think they could do Oz again. Like they went oh, back yeah. for it and made – you know, the Return to Oz or whatever it was called. I saw it in the theater with the Roller Boys type of thing. It was it was weird. It was super creepy. I yeah. liked that about it, yeah. that it was asking a kid, like, this isn't an okay world, you know, by and large. It's fantasy. It's all that. But at the yeah. same time, you need to be on guard a little bit, just like you need to do in the regular world. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's good. You know, I need to learn that shit. That's <laughs> what <laughs> you do. But overall, the results aren't good. But I, I, it's a world that still fascinates me. And, uh, you know, based on the wonderful Wizard of Oz. Yes. Uh, the Frank L. Baum book? Yes. L. Frank Baum. L. Frank Baum. There you go. Um, Frank know. L. Baum was his brother. I think you might be right, though, actually. I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Keep, talk, keep uh, talking. You know, I'll see how long it takes you to put it. <laughs> I'll do your... No, Frank L. Baum. You were right. There you go. There it is. Thank you. Boom. Oh, no. L. Frank Baum. I'm sorry. I was right. Oh, you son of a bitch. You <laughs> just did that on purpose, didn't you? You just did that on purpose. I apologize. I didn't even see it. You whipped that around so quick and went oh. back. Hey, pep, pep, right there. Uh, it says, up. or Frank Obama accepted. That's uh, Oh, accepted. <laughs> so We'll also take this. His name's completely, uh, well, fair enough. Um, they yeah. basically just said, are you willing to buy a book? 
Um, you can call him Frank Obama. It's fine. That's fine. It's fine. We prefer L. Frank. Well, we're not going to split hairs at this point. You're buying the book. Thank you for $6. <laughs> we appreciate that. Money's going to a good charity, and that charity is the family that still has the rights to whatever. That's right. The L. Frank Bob. <laughs> exactly. The Bomb family. The Bomb Frank L. family. That's where it is. And our hearts go out to them for the passing of L. Frank. Oh, yeah. yeah, of course. Good man. Good writer. Great writer. Sure. Fair. Uh, it's a movie that I, I look forward to it actually every year when they would play it on, I think it was ABC. Yep. Once a year. Was it in the spring? I think you're right. Yeah. In the spring. Mm-hmm. It's and, 80th anniversary this year of the film. Is it really? Yep. Yep. In that December. Yeah. It's like that and the sound of music for a while they played every year. I'm going to have to watch that one of these days. I still You've never seen it? it? No. I don't think – it didn't work for me as a kid. Oh, Okay. Um, there are moments they do, but by and large, no. I think right. it was made for that previous, my, you know, our parents' generation type right, of thing. Right, right, right. You go back, you ever seen old clips of the Mickey Mouse Club? Yeah. It's like, this shit was entertaining to you people? Every once in a while, there'd be something be like, oh, I get it. And then others would be like, this is, why are these two kids just basically like talking to each other in a scene? Yeah. <laughs> this is a lot of nothing. It's innocent and wholesome. That's all it was. Uh, kid, well, but moving pictures in my house, I get to watch. This is the coolest ever. Yeah. Annette Funicello is so hot. <laughs> uh, I couldn't tell you another one. What? Original Mouse Kateer. Frank, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, there's one more, and I can't remember who else. Funicello is the only one I know. Yeah, Annette Funicello, who did all those uh, Beach Blanket Bango movies with yep. uh, Frankie Avalon. Over and over and over again. It's amazing how much... It's like they made a million westerns, that makes sense to me. Yeah, teen beach party movies, and they made a million of those. And be like, guys, really? Just I guess you hadn't seen anything else. You knew you liked a teen beach movie every once again, but this is really a right. For like nine years, you're just turning this shit out. The Mickey Mouse Club. Uh, yes, Annette Funicello, Darlene Gillespie, Cubby O'Brien, Karen Pendleton, Doreen Tracy, Tommy Cole. Lonnie Bird, Bobby Burgess, Sharon Bayard. Yeah, I don't. You can make up names at this point. <laughs> you could. All right. David Moncrief. Uh, David Moncrief. Here's one. J.J. Solari. I like J.J. Solari. Uh, Cheryl Holdridge. Uh, let's, who, Sharon Bayard. I feel like I know. Okay. All right. Oh, wow. She worked with Eddie Cantor. That's how long she's been. The nice uh, Eddie Cantor, my friends. For the unleavened experience of a lifetime. So basically Annette Funicello and yeah. I, neither of us knows any other. No. But she was on H.R. Puffin stuff, this uh, Sharon Barrett. It's probably past your time, I think. Uh, the Boogaloos? Yeah. No? New Zoo Review? Nothing? Land of the Lost? Sigmund and the Sea I, Monsters? I like no. the idea of Land of the Lost, but it never really delivered for me. <laughs> that, so I stopped watching. That movie certainly didn't. Woof. Um, uh, all right. Anything else on Wizard of Oz? <sighs> I don't know what to say. It's true. It's a good point. It's an all-time classic. It is. Here's one that might be a punt, actually. Number five. No Country for Old Men. Uh, you know what? Das Boot and Schindler's made it on. And I was like, yeah, I, I, those were, it was the lower. I th- Trust me, man. It's in the seventeen. It's more like 11, 12. Wow. Really? I know. I know. Wow. And That's even. surprising. Even I've acknowledged on the show before, 
I think this is the only time where I can specifically say I think the the movie is actually better than the book. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I, that's why it leapt up uh, higher on my list than the other ones because I'm like that qualification of True. it moves it up higher in my opinion in the top ten. I thought about that as well. Uh, fair, fair points. I mean, a fair uh, thing so, to think about. A lot of choices. Yeah, true. There were. You said he had a page and a half. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, we've talked about this movie ad nauseum on other shows uh, uh, or other episodes rather of the show and. All I'll say is it's it still resonates with me. The dialogue, the pacing of it all. I think it's one of the. I think it's maybe the greatest Coen Brothers film ever made. You can argue that. I think this and Miller's Crossing are my top two, honestly. Um, and it's for the dialogue. It's for the interactions within the scenes. Everything like that. Yeah, uh, you know, they still have others that I'm like, I don't know about that. Yeah. Well, yeah, Lebowski yeah, is still Le- hanging around. Lebowski's there. fun. Okay. I don't I don't revere it as much as other people do. I enjoy it. I love it. I think it's great to watch and it's fun to watch. But I don't find myself running to watch Lebowski again. Oh, I will. There's tons of scenes that I can easily I can go back for tiny little scenes too. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I feel that way about Miller's and I feel that way about uh, Yeah, I can do it about Miller's. No country. I, I think yeah. I do it more for Lebowski than I do for anything else they've done. Yeah. Um but that's a discussion for a different day. That's yeah, a different uh, category. It's a different thing. Uh but anyway, great stuff Josh Brolin and uh, um well, it's running mate that year was one that I nixed because it's loosely based. Argo? Nope. Oh, There Will Be Blood. Yes. Yes, it's loosely based on the Epton Sinclair book. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Oil. Yeah, it's oil. Like, well, yeah, you gave the structure of a megalomaniacal type of individual yeah. in this world. Yeah. Then you made something else that's not based on a book. That's an instant classic, don't you think? Yes. Yeah. That in, in uh, No Country. It's just mm-hmm. – I wanted to spread around from no country. I figured you would probably have it. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot to choose from. There I don't is. think there is a right or wrong answer for a lot of movies. You I don't can think take so whatever you want. Yeah. Cormac McCarthy, fantastic job writing the book. But this film for whatever kind of – I think it kind of took the essence of the book uh, and stripped it down to a more um, razor-sharp point. So okay. when you're watching the movie – it affects you a little more powerfully than the book does, uh, especially that last scene with uh, Tommy Lee Jones telling his dream, which I think is incredible. That's where I think the movie succeeds better than the book because mm-hmm. you can see the longing in his eyes of did I make any difference? What's yeah. the meaning of life? Was this – right? did I do anything? Will I be remembered at all or am I just another fucking sand in the hourglass here? Right, which is what every – I think every person yeah. has those thoughts. No matter how great or accomplished they are, they have those thoughts of like, oh – because we're, we're, I think we're built as human beings to think about what we didn't do versus what we did, right? There wouldn't be so many self-help gurus and people telling you how to live your life uh, and all these all these books written about how to quantify your world and live a better if, – if we – if our natural inclination wasn't to think about what we missed out on or what we didn't get or the yeah. one that got away um, than just being like, oh, yeah, but you know what? I, I'm pretty cool with what I got. Like, not a lot of people are cool with what they got. No. So that's why you have a whole cottage industry of, of uh, inspirational speakers and what have you, you know. And I think No Country speaks to that in some roundabout way. All right. Anyway, what's your number four? Uh, four is The Shining. That's your three? That's my number three. Yeah. There was four movies came up and there's like, you guys are in the top four. Done. Oh, <laughs> well, this will be curious. All no, right. I'm no, now excited. Gotta, we may have some, but we definitely Maybe. don't have one. Uh, okay. Flat out, I know you don't have it. Well, all right. Uh, but this one, I'm, I'm glad you put it on your list. Oh, yeah. No, Shining is – Yeah. It's my favorite Kubrick. Oh, that's sure. a strong statement. Just because it's the one where it I can – be. You can just keep going back to it. You can keep going back right. to it. And yeah. 
over and over and over again. And it's why they, one of the best documentaries that I've seen about film in the oh, past 10 years. Hell yeah, dude. If not the best, was that. Just mm-hmm. like, wow, this is even more interesting than I thought. <laughs> I already was engaged on this for the different, what are you right. trying to say? And I'm I'm making some sense of it to myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you see what other people, and if I heard that offhand, it'd be like, you fucking wackadoo. But then when they have evidence of like, well, this could be this and this and this and this and this. And you're like, I see where you're making a case. A hundred percent. It's hands down still one of my favorite like documentaries about film ever made. It's good, man. I can go back and rewatch it. Yeah. Anytime. It isn't a bunch of weirdos they found off the Internet. No. These are accomplished, intelligent people with pedigree. And numerous within whatever they're doing. Yes. If it's faking the moon landing, if it's about naked Native American, uh, uh, you know, oppression. Right. Uh, if it's about, you know, they have, he has numerous layers to this motif. Yep. It's that, that movie is so fascinating when they do a breakdown within that, which I had never thought about of Danny on his big wheel and they start going, all right, so here's the structure of the hotel as we physically understand it. Right, right. So once he starts seeing, you know, the Looney Tunes stuff is when he's off the grid of the physical within the movie and he sees the girls and he sees the room 237 and it's. That's when the uh, hotel is affecting, you know, his psyche, his yeah. understanding of the world around him. Yeah. Like that's that is crazy. <laughs> you start thinking about that as an adult. Like, what would you do in this situation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just a kid. You're experiencing this. It's not like you're manifesting in your head. Yeah. Oh God. Who's that this? movie's good. I was speaking. Oh, I was speaking to Todd Douglas. Oh, here we go. I'm unplugging in. Uh, which uh, which show is this? <laughs> it's still be the deep cut, but. Todd Douglas Miller is the guy who directed Apollo 11, the new documentary that came out this year about mm-hmm. the, that compiled all that footage of Apollo 11. And they gave him 11,000 hours of, I think, audio and video that he compiled to create the – with you know a team that he compiled to create this documentary. And, and he joked about it. There's, there's no Kubrick in any of this audio. There's no, there's no, there's no, there's no stage set or anything Dude, like that. Dude, you didn't get the full audio. <laughs> you didn't. Ellis is convinced. He jokes about it, but he jokes about it in a way that he's convinced that he thinks it was staged. I got a buddy that uh, teaches college, uh, like uh, calculus. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. He works at a university over in Santa Monica. Right. And then works at another one, like, up north somewhere. And he doesn't believe. He's like, I don't know. It's one of those things. It just doesn't seem like we've been there. Yeah. Like, why haven't we? The, the, big, the big argument I always hear is, how come we've never been back? Because it doesn't make sense. Now it does. Right, right. We have further dreams beyond, but what, to put a base on the moon? Okay, it's 1975. What are we doing with a base on the moon? Yeah, right, exactly. Um, we're not going to keep going. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Now it does. It's like, okay, well, we're talking about going to Mars. Yeah. Now we're talking about, you know, colonizing the solar system beyond us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, we need a base on the moon. <laughs> it makes sense to have one there now. It's, you know, strategically. <laughs> and then we get. Uh, spoiler alert at Astra. Oh. And I don't want to say what happens. Okay, fair Easily enough. my favorite moment in that movie. It was uh-huh. like, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was. I've never thought about that. And you see it and you're like, makes all the sense in the world. The base on the moon. I like that idea. Uh, we will. One day. Charlie's running it. Some guy named Chuck runs it. Uh, yeah, hey, it's a ba- yeah, moon base. What's up, moon base? I'm sure at some point. Yeah. You know, you have the guy that deals with the people back here and the guy that runs the day-to-day. You got yep. a manager and a general manager. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Um, all right. That, that, well, uh, well do you want say fu- more about The Shining or are we good? Yeah, I think we're good. It's okay. The Shining. Yeah, it's The Shining. What do you got for? Oh, oh, the reason I put it high, I do want to say this. The reason I put it that high is also because it's a film that takes the source material and, in my opinion, 
creates an incredible film that uh, can be enjoyed separately from the book. Yeah. Uh, so you can have two completely separate experiences enjoying and reading The Shining and watching The Shining. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that speaks volumes uh, about it and why it moved higher up on my list. I don't know if I'll ever own the movie because I don't ever want to put me th- myself through it. But whenever I watch it, it's an incredible experience. Oh, really? I like the – I like so many of the the scenes that drive the most mania. Coming up the stairs mm. when – when the the lead up to him with the axe in the door. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> when the final reveal, the first time when I saw he's in the picture, mm-hmm. and my little mind was blown. And I was like, "What does that mean?" I was too way too young to see the movie. It was so good, so good. Maybe that's another reason I loved it. It scared me to hell. Yeah, uh, but it also like left me going questioning what reality was. It's like I don't understand anything. <laughs> way too young for that movie. It was good. Yeah. Uh, all right. So my number four is uh, Blade Runner. Okay. Yeah. I knew it would make your list. Yeah. Yeah. I struggled to put it on because I was like, you know, do I do it? Do I not do it? But in the end, I've got to be authentic to the list. And for me, it is absolutely one of my favorite films ever made. It's not – it's my number two sci-fi film. Okay. Uh, and um, I just – you know, it's based on a, that book from uh, Andrew – Philip K. Dick. Philip is K. It? Dick, yeah. Okay. Do, do Androids – Sleep or something like that. No, do androids dream? Yeah, do androids dream? Something like that. And uh, I've read some of his. I haven't read that one. Yeah, and I was just like, this is a film I still come back to, man. I own it in every goddamn version that's ever been made. You and Manson, uh, Mm. a bunch of other people are, you know, the army for this movie is is decently sized for the fervency. You know what I mean? That's fair. The number of people that foam with the mouth for it, like, it's not a hundred percent, but it's got a high. It's got a high percentage of they're like this boy. It's the best. <laughs> it's the best. Ah, I, but I know five, six dudes. <laughs> yeah. like, it's interesting oh, yeah. that all of you share like, no. <laughs> it's like, okay. Well, it's because the film didn't make a lot of money when it came out. Yeah, but it's been so cherished and loved. Yeah, but look at 2049. For, it crashed and burned into the box office. So it's cherished think, amongst our niche true. group. It's not cherished mainstream, so we defend it passionately. That yeah, way. I prefer... 2049. Oh, interesting. I connected more with that because I was an adult seeing it, whereas right. I was a kid seeing the other. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. what it's asking of you is an adult. Yeah. This isn't a kid's movie. I was 15 when I saw it. Yeah. I, I was it wasn't in a theater. I saw it. Like, I rented it and watched it, and I was like, holy shit. It so. was, for me, it was like, Harrison Ford's done another movie? <laughs> Dude, I love Star Wars. Indiana Jones' argument, but, you know, one of my favorite yeah. characters of all time. Yeah. Sci-fi. Oh, he's hunting robots? Can't wait. And it turns into this Tears in the Rain, which is a beautiful line. It is. You get older, yes. And it's supposedly improv by Rutger Hauer. Yes. And it's gorgeous. And you appreciate everything about it as a, you know, a teenager through adult. Yeah. But as a kid, I was like, I don't They're not fighting. <laughs> like, what? What's with the weird yeah. little doll? What's with the dolls? What's I would have understand lashing out at the end, at the, you know. The cold inevitability of right, life. Right, right, right. As opposed to turning philosophical because of a kid. But even that was asking a lot. I don't know why he saved me. I love the, the voiceover. Every once in a while I'll watch the voiceover track because it's like it's so funny to hear like the weird random voiceover they added afterwards. Uh, all right. What's your number three, man? Uh, my three is The Godfather. That's uh, a punt. Okay. Yeah. Totally worth it. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, so we've done your three. Okay. My two is Goodfellas. Oh, shit. You had to find a way to put it on there. Okay, fine. 
Really? That's what you're going to say about Goodfellas? It's not on my list. I have realized that, but why are you saying it's? You're saying it's not worthy of making. Well, I didn't list. say that. I said I, you found a way to put it on there. That's all I said. Uh, ultimately, this comes down to what are my favorite movies of all time. Yes, a lot of these are in that discussion, or yep. a lot of them I've been watching, like Wizard of Oz. I've seen that thing a lot. Of, it was every year. Looked forward to mm-hmm. it. That thing is huge to me. Goodfellas is one of my favorite movies. Period. Point mm-hmm. blank. Yep. So. That's going to make my list. It's, that was a no-brainer. That was my number one until my number one cropped up. Right. But it was my number one through the other 15. It's like, you guys, what are you, what are you talking about here? Right. Can't even hold a candle to this. This, this is the best. And now it ends up being the second best to me, to these ears, <laughs> to these eyes. That's it. You know? You'll see why. You'll get it in a second. Yeah. Uh, Goodfellas, we talked about it last week. Look, yeah. stellar performances all around. Um, I I love the roller coaster ride of up and then down because yeah. to me that makes the most sense. I know that you and others yeah, yeah. don't enjoy the demise as much, but somebody that lives that kind of hedonistic lifestyle or lack of at least societal morals, mm-hmm. there needs to be a downfall for him. And it's nice that yes, there was, and there actually was. There so was. it's a based on a true. So it's it is a true story of what they show. So yeah, but the weird thing is, is you know he's the one heinous individual that gets away with it because he's yeah. He turned on all the others. So everybody else pays for the sins that they all shared in equally. But I think they do it on they but they do that on purpose because they don't show him doing horrific things. Like they show with Well, he's part of the murder. He's in a drug trade that he shouldn't be in. Right, right. But they don't show him True. like do like they do with Tommy and the way he flips out on the Frank Vincent and the shoe the shoebox thing. Oh no, when he when, or or when, De Niro, when there's when De Niro goes yeah. and cold blooded and kills everybody else yeah. in the Lufthansa heist, yeah, 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 which is so I, it's so inventive and the great uh, uh, coda for Layla, yeah, is the dump truck is you know dumping out the guy that was in Dumb and Dumber. I can't remember his name. I'm yeah, sure yeah. you'll pull it. Uh, you know that that could be a schmodown question. At some oh point. yeah, that guy who comes out. He comes out of the dumpster. Just that's slowly right. rolls his lifeless corpse. So that's after we've seen the human popsicle. Yeah, Frankie Barbone. Yeah, the, the little mini frown, those huge caterpillar like eyebrows. Car, I think it's Carbone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the uh, icicles are just hanging yeah. off of it. That poor dude. The guy that uh, him and his lady just get ice picked yeah. through the back of the fucking head. He's an idiot. Oh my god. That scene when they come in with the, the fur coats, De Niro flipping out on them is just it, fucking hilarious, man. It is. What are you doing? What are you fucking doing? Oh, uh, anyway, see this new car. New car. Oh, yeah. What do you? It's in her mother's name. I don't care. Take it back. Take it back. Oh, uh, and um, then Morty oh, breaking Morty. balls. Fucking Morty. What are you doing, Morty? Morty's. What are you, idiot. dude? You sell toupees. Yeah. You sell toupees. What are you doing? Just because you're pounding around and they like hanging out with you because you basically you put up with their bullshit. Yeah. And you're just uh, not a threat. You're not a threat at all to them. He owes me money, Henry. Uh, I want my money. What am I a schmuck? What? <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, it's, Henry, you, why don't you go tell You go tell him. You go tell him. Go, go tell him oh, right Henry, now. See what he says. He'll listen to you, Henry. And then he starts singing. Yeah. <laughs> he puts his arm around him and fucking Leota Henry. Henry. Just kind of smiling at him going, <laughs> you don't know how lucky you are. You know what I mean? You've been in the shark tank and we've let this little fish just kind of hang out with yeah. the sharks for a while. Yeah. And then the, the, the fish started thinking it was a shark. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just because you swim with us doesn't make you the same thing. <laughs> exactly. It does not. Right, right. Well, it's like, uh, um, I'm sure you you noticed it in acting school. I noticed it in you know, comedy. Somebody comes and does an open mic once, and suddenly they're a comedian. Yeah, so right. So show up to one acting class, and suddenly I'm an actor. Yeah. Like, Dude, it put, takes years of failure. Yeah. Years of failure, looking like an idiot, just dying, 
fucking not being able to perform a scene or not under- yeah. emotionally connecting or whatever the case is. You can't show up unless you are, you know, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis and he crushed it on day one. It's, it's gotta my, be. Yeah, it's mind-blowing to me. And even he didn't crush it on day I one. Know. He had to learn. There's some people, I'm sure, yeah. throughout the history of any artistic pro- you know, profession, yeah. in some generation when somebody showed up on day one, they just intuitively knew how to do that. Well, it's like these people, they start a podcast or they start a YouTube channel and they think to themselves – how come I don't have 100,000 subscribers in the next night? And it's like, yeah, no. It takes work. It takes a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of effort. You so you may, you may want to start one, but it's going to take a lot of effort on your part. And trust me, you're going to run out of ideas. You're going to run out of things to talk about. So you've got to figure out how do you keep this thing afloat. Yeah. It's one of the main reasons why I've never started a YouTube channel on my own for my stuff is because I'm like – I, I don't know that I could create a video every week about something like because I'm already doing so much fucking content all, all over the uh, uh, social media that I'm like, well, uh, or and on the Internet. Um, I'm like, where? By the way. Yeah. Um, people out there, make sure to tune into Quick Cuts oh, with John quick. Roca. And he's got a new 10 minute where he sits down with other podcasters and they just for 10 minutes talk about it. Anyway, check it out. <laughs> That's only for, the says, it's only for the Patreon. You can catch all that. <laughs> quick Cuts. And then I'm going to come out with the quickest cuts, and they're going to be nine minutes. <laughs> I'm just going to undercut them. Nine? Just a little bit. Nine. No, it's not, it's, seven, yeah. six minute abs, seven minute abs. Six, uh, it's not six squirrels sitting on a, <laughs> a branch. What are you talking about? Chewing on some nuts? Whatever that was. Oh, man. Here's how the quick cuts would go. So racism. Tell me about it. <laughs> Let's get minutes. into it, Let's guys. Let's get into it. What do you think? <laughs> 1-800-COLLIDER. <laughs> For yes, 1-800-COLLIDER-LIVE. For no, let us know. Let us know. Those are some long numbers. We had to pay extra for those, so please take wow. advantage. Wow. <laughs> All right. So uh, my number two – oh, are we done? With, yeah. Good. Okay. My number two is uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. That's my favorite Kubrick. So that's where it's at there. And it's written – of course, not on the other side I mentioned. No. And it's, uh, you know, it was the Only book, one Kubrick for me. That's what kind of – That's fair. The book was written in conjunction with the movie. So they were writing the book and basing the movie off the book as it was being written at the same time. So it's it's such an hmm. interesting concept that I had to elevate it even higher on my list. As if you needed a reason. Well, I love the movie. That's true. But yeah. I thought it, it deserved its place even more because of that unique approach to things, that you're writing the book at the same time that you're uh, directing the movie or writing the script for the movie or, and what have you when you're basing it off what someone else is writing. or It's just literally based on the book in real time. And so I thought that was a phenomenal thing to find out about uh, the movie. Um, and if you wanted to find out more, you can go to The Cinephiles with a three-part episode um, with me and Scott Mance and Steve Morris. But anyway, this film is uh, just something that I come back to all the time. It still is my favorite sci-fi film ever made. Um, and I'm pretty surprised that I have two sci-fi films in my top four. It's not a category I'm really good at in terms of the Schmodown. But for some reason, those two films are just like speak to me on so many levels because they're more about more than just the basic story that you get presented at the beginning. Yeah. And there's so much symbolism in Space Odyssey about uh, American-Russian relationships, about the idea of uh, prehistoric man and man now. Uh, the mistakes that have been made, the you know the issues that man confronts and has to endure and go through and overcome, and then failing at doing that, what does that lead to? Um, and then the reliance on technology and how the reliance on technology can turn on you. This is a 1960s film giving you advice that still applies in 2019 about relying on technology too much because when technology turns on you, there's going to be nothing left. True, and that's uh, that's on. John's other podcast, Roca's Fears. 
where it's the artificial intelligence rising up, then robots, simian the uh, revolution. Oh, the simians. And then uh, big corporate entities coming to take down the little man. The little guy. So it's a lot of— Come on uh, now. You know, you would think that you would believe in more conspiracy theories. You know what I mean? I, I, I can't. I'm not a fan of people who believe in conspiracy theories. I don't believe in conspiracy theories. I do believe there are people who do certain things to undercut things, but I don't believe in vast conspiracy theories. I don't. I just, there's no way to keep it a secret. That's why yeah. it's too complex. If it takes more than a handful of people to keep it hush-hush, right. there's no way it stays yeah. sealed. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Anyway, great score, incredible uh, work, of course, from the actors who not a lot of people knew of afterwards, Gary Lockwood, Keir D'Elia, um, uh, and, of course, uh, the actor who voiced Hal, all of it. There's so much to still get from the movie. If you haven't seen the movie in a bit, go back and rewatch it. It might surprise you how topical it still fucking is about our world, about our uh, uh, approach to technology and, and what have you. Uh, all right. What's your number one? Uh, my number one. So we're doing it based on a book. What's my favorite? Movie based on a book? Uh-huh. That would be Fletch. <laughs> oh, no! No! Of course. This is sacrilege. Why what is that? done to the list. How dare you? How dare you, it's a, sir? It's a personal list. Yes, It is true. a personal list, Very man. Very true. There's 17 options that were legitimately in the discussion. If and I was like, me. you know what? I'm going by my favorite movies on these. Or Can they have to have a special connection to me. True. Or just whatever. My bullshit esoteric uh, definition that I eventually landed upon this okay. nebulous thing that bleh, here okay. it is all right, all here right. it is and I was like well Goodfellas is number one until I was like oh yeah Fletch Fletch is based on a book Fletch is you know my favorite movie Fletch is making my number one there's just no way around that is the book called Fletch I believe so yeah wow <laughs> pretty sure I'll go look it up it was one of the things I always remembered I'll wait for you to look it up That I, I'm shocked I didn't know it was based on a book um, so yeah it's we got, uh, yeah, Fletch. Right there. You can find out well, how much you want to pay. I'm not betting. By I, Gregory McDonald. I trust you. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like some limited series. Can you find it? Did you find yeah, it? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. What do you want to know? I mean, I, I have it for sale here at thriftbooks.com. What's to know? What's to know? Uh, Fletch is an investigative journalist. Yes, yes, yes. Do you have, uh, I don't see a release date on this. Anyway, yeah. it's right. my favorite movie. All right. Goodfellas, it's one of those of, like, my top five, Fletch, Goodfellas, either Star Wars or Empire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably Last Crusade. Like, it, it, there's six or seven fighting for it, but they're all in that, just those, you know, Goodfellas and Fletch. Yeah. I can watch. That's fine. Tell I'm me, stuck with one of those two for the rest of my life. Fine. I can live with it. Tell me why you love Fletch so much. It's just the dry, the stupidity of the dry humor. Mm-hmm. When he pulls out the cash to pay uh, for, you know, his alimony for his ex-wife. Because her lawyer keeps showing up. Look at you. He's got all the cash. I saw my pimp today. <laughs> and I didn't know what that joke was until I got older. But there's just stu- and stupid disguises. It's worked. It oh, works. the disguises are great. What kind of last name is Poon? Like, it just, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Okay, Frida, you know, hey, Frida lost the number to such and such. Oh, okay. Who's Frida? She's my secretary. Who are you? I'm Frida's boss. And the woman's <laughs> just kind of going through the motions. And she gives it to him, like, kind of befuddled at the end. Like, all right, the stupidity of, like, I could see that kind of working. You know, his, you know, it's weird because I enjoy that so much knowing that Chevy Chase does not have the best of reputations. Right. Right. People that work with him don't seem to enjoy him. But if you listen to him, it's not him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's never him. It's everybody else. Yeah, it's in in his retelling of the story. I I didn't read his, you know, autobiography. Why would you? 
but I, what I heard was his was, answer was always, trust me, it wasn't me. Yeah. Here's all the reasons. As a true sociopath would be. And so I find that hard to believe. There's just a lot of evidence over decades. Yeah, right. To me, if, if, mul- if you've got like yeah. multiple, multiple people saying the same thing about you, eventually it, you just don't want to face the truth. And because – so for a kid now and yeah. they're like – they go back for it. They're like, ah, it was fine kind of thing. But to me, this was – I didn't know him on SNL. So this was on some oh. level my introduction oh, to Chevy Chase. Okay. This in uh, Vacation. Yeah. The first vacation. vacation. yeah. So I, I was too young for that and I saw those and I was like, dude, this guy's a comedic. Like I love his comedies. But they just spoke to me. It was so on board for yeah. – now if you're looking back, it's just like, well, those were kind of you know anomalous. Yeah. He's got – a few films. He's got a you know small great part in Caddyshack. He had a small run. Yeah, but the run that he had is still memorable. But then he threw out a bunch of clunkers like Funny Farm as on he, the theater. As he got older, yes. What, what was the one with uh, where they end up in the back country with uh, the inbred weird family? Um, Dan Aykroyd plays. Oh, nothing on, but trouble. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and Demi Moore. Yeah, and Demi Moore. Right, right, John right. Candy. Right. And it's like I saw that in the theater. I was like, this is just weird. Yeah. I think it started to turn uh, with Modern Problems, okay. which is, I think, 84, 85. That's when he was, like, pushing the limit of what he could do, mm-hmm. and the writing was betraying him. Because, uh, like, even the stuff he did with Goldie Hawn, that's some great stuff. Yeah. Um, she was a great back and f- partner for him in terms of the back and forth, right? Yeah. Because his dryness working on her kind of uh, innocence or her vulnerability or her desire to believe in people and him kind of like playing around with it, uh, it's great stuff. Uh, but yeah, like, oh God, we should take a look at that real quick because I, I want to see. Yeah, like he doesn't have a top 10 for me, I don't think. No, God, top. if I get to five, it's a miracle. I would imagine we could because of like things like Caddyshack. Oh, yeah, he had a small role in right, that. He was right. good in that. But if it's, you know, all funny farms, nothing but trouble. Yeah, Foul Play's the one with uh, Goldie Hawn. Okay. Then Caddyshack. Seems like old times. Also Goldie Hawn. Okay. Under the Rainbow, I thought was really funny. The one with the, uh, where it's, it's set one. back in the um, 30s okay. when The Wizard of Oz is being shot at the same time. So him and Carrie Fisher are this, they're, they're detectives trying to solve this crime. And they keep running into the Munchkins, the actors who play the Munchkins in throughout, the, throughout Hollywood. It's, I, I think it's a decent, certainly a fun comedy if you like Chevy Chase. Okay. It's not great, but it's certainly worth your time to take a look at. Yeah, but that's when he was still trying to be charming. Yeah, right, right. And eventually he's just, I don't know, he believed that Chevy Chase was huge. I guess I'm wrong, bro, because Modern Problems is before Vacation and before Fletch. Wow. So interesting. So maybe, and European, so maybe you're, yeah, Spies Like Us, I absolutely hate it. I like that, but I was a kid, so I still like it for the same reasons I liked it as a kid. <laughs> okay. But then he does Three Amigos. Is Three Amigos his last gasp? Well, no, because I would say Christmas Vacation. Okay, so Christmas Vacation in 89. So Caddyshack 2 sucked. Funny Farm was terrible. Yeah, Caddyshack I don't count, or 2, I don't count. Yeah, The Couch Trip was terrible. Yeah. Fletch Lives was okay. It wasn't great. It's, it's got some it's, moments. It's serviceable. Certainly. A lot of people say, like, actually, if you go back and rewatch it now, and by a lot of people, I mean, like, the ones of us that care about Fletch. <laughs> yeah. But I've heard other Fletch people go, you know what's actually really good? Fletch lives. And, like, <laughs> I mean, I appreciate the making fun of the song of the South. Like, yeah, I, I do yeah, appreciate yeah. that. And yeah. I appreciate other aspects, showing the hypocrisy of televangelism. Like, right. sure. She kind of disappeared, too. Julianne Nicholson, Mrs. Uh, Bruce uh, Springsteen. 
Like she was on Sisters and, of course, this. And then she she, she got to run. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. But, yeah, so maybe 80, so 89 with Christmas Vacation. So through the 80s, early, I mean, late 70s, early 80s, you could, or, or 80s. And it's late, right there. You could argue it's a not bad run but for a, a comedian. 12 it's, years. It's a specific pocket, though. Because yeah. he's not in a bunch of movies where they're generally, generationally, you have to go back and watch outside of maybe Caddyshack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got such a small role in that. That's yeah, true, true. But the Vacations have been his most enduring franchise. Right. Uh, I didn't see the remake or whatever that was. Me, Ed Helms. I didn't Helms. see that. Um, but yeah, then he does Nothing But Trouble, Memoirs of an Invisible Man, no. <sighs> Hero, which is terrible. No. Cops and Robertsons. No. Man of the House. No. Vegas Vacation. Hey. I don't. It's got a couple things. Dirty no. Work, Snow Day. Yeah, exactly. And then he randomly pops up in Orange County. Sure. I so that would have that. to count. I guess. If we're doing. Exactly. And then Community, that TV movie. Now, he's great in Community. Uh, that is fun stuff. I couldn't get into that show. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I tried. That's shocking to me. I, I don't know. Okay. Just like the every everybody zany? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. The, oh, the Hot Tub Time Machine? Funny in that. All right. Good, Good cameo there. Uh, exactly. Cameo work. Yes. Yeah. All right, what's your number one? All right, fine. Sorry. One number is Godfather. Godfather. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I know we're running a lot. All right. Yeah, The Godfather. I mean, what are you going to say? Mario Puzo's fantastic writing, incredible book. I, I, I saw the movie and read the book years later and still love the book as much as I love the movie. Mm-hmm. It's too, once again, it's like The Shining in a different way in that the book, it, it's very similar to the movie. The movie yeah. is very similar to the book, but both of them are still fantastic experiences on their own. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that speaks volumes to what, what uh, Coppola was able to do with that novel. And then, of course, the second one, which there is no novel for the second I one. I know. Him being able to create that from scratch. If you want to say that that's based on the based on a... Yeah, I guess it could count. You could, because in my head I was like, oh, well, Godfather 2 is... My favorite of the yeah, two. Yeah, I agree. That's why if it was on this list, there right, is no third one. Well, then I might have to put that first over Fletch because yeah. that's one of my. But whereas the first Godfather, it's like, dude, you're great. But then you know the next iteration to me just mm-hmm. it just works a little bit better. And I I'm, thoroughly agree. I like being with the characters more, so it's good we get more of that as opposed to the setup. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, once again, Brando. If you, look, I, I, some of you guys might be young. You haven't seen the Godfather for God's sakes. Watch it. It's not like your dad's film. But no, this is a, actually a pretty fantastic film and at times brutal film about the responsibilities of family and how some one man who uh, was against his family, didn't want to be part of his family through circumstance, finds himself leading his family and how and the the, the um Brutal decisions he makes to do that, uh, the emotionally brutal decisions yeah. he makes, and the people he puts through. Because Michael, in a sense, is a, is an introvert put into a position like this, mm-hmm. and an introvert without the the capability to have authentic human connection. Uh, he, it's all about succeeding at what he's uh, driven to do. Uh, okay, he's such a political animal in everything that he's in that thinking he can be vulnerable or soft or blah, blah, blah. It's not sustainable. He has had moments, but he's not a, he doesn't sustain a consistent level of well, affection or vulnerability with I, anybody. I think once he makes the choice to follow in his father's footsteps, right? basically saying like, this is inevitable and it's who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't like it, you created me this way. Right. Type of thing. So that's why he's so dogged in that determination is he made a calculated decision when his father went down of, I will kill him, yeah. thereby taking me out of the life that my father wanted for me yeah. because I'm the only one. What, Fredo's going to go do it? Right. 
Like right. this has to be Sonny's done. Sonny's gonna do it. Yeah. No. No. Sonny's gonna come in too hot tempered. Right. And fuck it up from day one as yep. it's like slowly drawing them in and gaining their confidence. Mm-hmm. His bodyguard, the cop, has to basically start eating his pasta and think nothing's gonna happen because right. you know. Yeah, it's a it's, it's what a true predator. Well, it's also tragic, too, Matt, in that he wants to be like his father. And there is that moment in Godfather 2 when he's talking to his mom after he's gone away and he comes back and he says to her, how come my father was revered and loved and I can't and I'm not revered and loved in the same way? I'm losing my family. How did Papa not lose his family? And it's because the psychological construction and makeup of Vito Corleone is completely different than Michael Corleone. They have the same desire to succeed, but the way Vito does it is there's more affection and care and connection versus Michael, which is more ruthless and cold-blooded. There's just a difference. True. But I think think it it more so, too, is reflective of how much Vito actually controlled because it went from Mm. provincial to corporate. Yes. And now you're talking scales, like economies of scale of a massive corporation moving internationally, getting into drug trade Mm -hmm. or getting like trying to get into Cuba and opening hotels and gambling and all that and owning that and eventually getting into Vegas. Whereas before your dad was like, I get a piece of the shipping of the docks. Yeah. And this union over here, like it's easier to manage and you don't have to be so ruthless because you're not talking about international hundreds of millions of dollars Massive moving parts that takes a more cutthroat individual. So you keep coming to these calculations of if we want to keep existing and growing, Fredo. Yeah, right. In the end, yeah, 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 yeah. You're you're going to hurt all of us. Yes. So I need to remove you from the equation. You should know this. Yeah. I shouldn't have to teach you. I gave you the opportunity. You broke my fucking heart. Johnny Ola. Johnny Ola. When he does that, it's such a great – I love that that, to me at least, I'm sure it existed in some some older films, but that Mm. kind of – well, and this just is beautiful. I will say this is a side thing. This is what drives me, drove me nuts when I was listening to Coppola's comments. I defended his comments about the Marvel movies, him saying like they're despicable, blah, blah, yeah. blah. I defended his comments in terms of like this. The man's a legend. He's got a right to feel about these films however the hell he wants and express his opinion. However, and let's get this really, really fucking clear. And I'll look at the camera and say this. Gangster films were considered uh, B-movie niche films. For decades in Hollywood until he did The Godfather. So people looked at gangster movies, noted directors, and said the same thing. They're despicable. So for him to turn around and look at a genre, a medium, a film, and say, oh, they're despicable without recognizing what he was able to do with the gangster formula and the gangster film, uh, I think is incredibly short-sighted and and, and ignorant. I really do. And, you know, whatever. He can have an issue with me if he wants. I'm just saying. All I say is, uh, as far as I know, one of his best friends or closest or longest friends is George Lucas. So. Yeah. Oh, right. Good point, too. Very good point, man. Look, you know, (laughs) Marvel is really following Lucas's blueprint. Right. Lucas and Spielberg, who's also. But Lucas of. There's a lot of toy money. If you hook kids yep. early, like this is a business. Like yep. money, money, money. Hey, who like them dollars? <laughs> it was inadvertent, but at the same time, it's not like he shied away from it once he figured out. Yeah, true. Oh, I have Star Wars uh, toothbrushes, huh? That's Ooh. what you're talking about? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Lucas would have minded. Gene Simmons is over there going, we try and get kids' name on so much. How do you do it, George? How do you get the public to like you that much? 
I would just want to sell more shit. That's all we want to know, George. Uh, all right. Well, that's our separate uh, top ten list. Now we're going to combine uh, this list into one list, and let's see what we come up with here. Uh, Matt, do you want to? Yeah, I can type okay. out. Sounds good. All right. So one is Godfather. Yes. Easy. Two, uh, you don't have good fellas. What is the next common thing we have? Uh, the Shining? Uh, the Shining, I think, is the next common thing we have. All right. I would take The Shining next then. And then Jaws at six and... Six and seven. I'd... Six and seven. All right. We should move it a little bit lower then? Yeah, I would say. Okay. So Fletch is my one. There it is. Yep. What's your next highest? 2001, A Space Odyssey at number two. All right. I got good fellas at two. Uh, Goodfellas lost on, you know, your nonsense last week. You flipped the coin this week, and that will determine the winner. Where's the coin? It's right here. Do we have it? Uh, this is for you. Uh, once again, for you all that are new, we flip a coin. This is what we do sometimes. So it's fair. So it's honest. Yeah, uh, we're already almost an hour and 50 minutes into this show. What? Really? Yeah. We got to wrap this thing up. All right. Yeah. Me and my house talk. Sorry, guys. Oh. It was Batman. Does that mean you win? All right. Of course it means I win. All right. Good fellas. Uh, 2001. Yeah. Was it the weighted coin? I can't tell. That is not the weighted coin. Right. That's not the, the weighted coin you have, and then there's a weighted coin that I have, and this is That's the true. equally unweighted. All right. Uh, you won last week with this coin. You're really going to call it I'm, question? I'm, I'm, it's just a question? It's just a question. It was just a question. Yeah, it was a leading question. Objection. <laughs> sustained. Oh, was it sustained. sustained? That was sustained. Deception. It's a verdict reference. All right. Um, Number four for me is the next highest one. That's Blade Runner. Well, I think Jaws should go next because it's six seven. We don't have it on yet. Oh yeah, Jaws. Yes, 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 sure, sure, sure. Where are we at now? Uh, So we have seven, eight, nine, and ten left. Okay. Uh, I have Blade Runner at four. You have okay. I've got Wizard of Oz at four. Ooh. We don't have anything else in common, do we? I don't think so. No, we don't. Okay. Are we flipping all the way down? I feel all, like Blade Runner. All the live long day. I think I feel like Blade Runner since you of won the you last did. one. Doesn't matter. Once oh. again, Goodfellas I, I, lost last week. You would and you're totally like, say this. You would totally say this. Yeah, I'm just using. You go. just tried to say that Goodfellas should go in there without any flip. Well, Hold, even the flip. Holding a mirror up to society and society is just shocked at what they see. <laughs> That's based, what I'm doing. But I'm doing the right same thing. Here. But you're your based on a based on a book. Your hypocrisy is getting shown back at you, you and you don't like it. You literally just said before we flipped. Goodfellas should go because they didn't get blah, blah, blah. You didn't even want to flip for Goodfellas. I know. And now you want to use it. And I relented Out of respect on your for you. objection. Oh, my God. Would you All like right. to flip again? No, no. And I don't know about this catching it and doing the flip over. That's how really, it's supposed to be. No, we let it land. We're on camera. We can't be letting it land. Of course we can. Nobody Why are we can changing see things it? now? Because we go off camera. Can't see. It's not like you stopped and went, hey, guys. I did. I, I, well, I tried they to. They didn't see it. I didn't it even see it because you I said. I tried to. But I was honest. Yeah. So you're saying you're implying. No, then I lie. I was honest in this situation. This is what I have to deal with out oh, there. Yeah. I'm flipping. <laughs> like we've always done. Just flip it already. I played the violin for six years. Show. How dare you? What do we got? Who do you think we got? Oh, uh, weighted coin. Great. Who do you think we uh, got? Awesome. Put asterisks next to all these. Are we flipping all the way down? What was your what was yours? A blade runner. Yeah. All right. I mean, do I feel like we should? Probably not. Okay. Five. All right. My next is uh, six. Oh, my next five is five. No country for old men. All right. So where are we at now? Ten. Oh, okay. What do you got left? Uh, no, you win because my, my next one is Jaws at six and then Social Network at seven. So if you've got six, then your six gets on the list at ten. Die hard it is. Boom. All right. Let me go get those things while you vamp. I will vamp for. So well, welcome to everybody that's, uh, I don't know, have never tuned in before. Just 
glad you tuned in. Hope you like the show. We did a lot of BSing today, a little bit more than we usually do. And John's got the door open. Uh, traditionally, when he did that in the past, we were here by ourselves. It didn't really matter how loud I got. And then I didn't realize that until about 10 seconds into that door being open. But what are you going to do? Guys, I'm here for... What's that? I'm here for the fun. I just... I'm used to when you open the door. It's yeah. late at night. We're the only two people here. Oh, right, right. There's Frank people might here. Be. So I was speaking at normal volume. Yeah. And I took a look over and I was like, I can see Wendy. I should probably talk. <laughs> Softer. Oh, we've been yelling all through this. Why talk I know, but these are doors and whatnot in the way. Right, right, right. Uh, stifling the sound as opposed to it's me going, hey, I may. Welcome. All right. Let's do this thing. Uh, all right. The top 10 movies based on a book. Yeah. At number 10. Die Hard. At number 9. No Country for Old Men. At number 8. Blade Runner. At number 7. The Wizard of Oz. At number 6. Jaws. At number 5. 2001 A Space Odyssey. At number 4. Goodfellas. At number 3. Fletch. Numero dos. The Shining. And our number one uh, movie based on the book is... The Godfather. (laughs) All right. That's our list of movies based on a book. Thanks, everybody, for uh, downloading this or watching us uh, on this uh, episode of the Top Ten. Yeah, patrons, uh, we hope you enjoyed. We did this all for you. Yes. Um, So you get it a week before... Those individuals may be watching on Collider. We're not sure when that goes up. We can, we'll know in the future. Yep. As of right now, it's undecided because it's next or two weeks from now. Yes. Uh, video gets it a week later. But the audio, you get it at the same time that we do it on our feed. So you're good to go there. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, anything we want to say, the final things? No, just uh, uh, I did what we said before, Houston, be on the lookout. But hopefully next week we have an answer for you. London, um, yep. we're working on a date, but we're coming back. Toronto will be moving on to you next. Yes. And then adding cities to that uh, shortly thereafter, I'd guess, because we've got somebody helping us now. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the truth of the matter for those of you who are new to us. We do. We have done live shows last year or this – as you listened earlier this year uh, and last year, we did London. We've done Chicago. We did Los Angeles. Uh, and now we want to start making the live shows more of, mm-hmm. a, of a thing. So if you're a fan of the show, come on board. Get into the Facebook groups. Create, we've got uh, separate uh, Facebook groups also for cities, specifically for cities, so we yeah. can get some head count and see who's really interested in seeing us uh, come to their town and do a live version of the show. Trust me, it's some of our best stuff. If you want to go back and listen to some of the live shows, you can on our podcast feed and enjoy some of those shows. We're uh, even wilder in person. And um, if you don't want to get on Facebook, because there's some people that just don't want it, true. hit us up at uh, the top 10 live with the number 10 uh, at Gmail and send us an email there and put in there, you know, uh, Houston, Toronto, or London. And that way we can just email you. It helps us with a heads up if you want to do that way instead of yep. joining the groups if you're not on Facebook. So the top 10 live with the number 10 at Gmail. Mm-hmm. And uh, hit us up over there. Just subject the city and then uh, let us know in the body of the email how many people. That way we can just add it to. But Houston, it's coming. Yep. London, it's coming. Toronto, yep. it's uh, coming after that. Yeah, absolutely. But hopefully in short order the next couple of weeks, we have all that information for you. Okay. I think that's it. Where can they follow you? Uh, they can find me at Matt Nost anywhere online. You can follow me at the Roca says on Twitter and on Instagram. And one last thing, if you want to become a patron of the show and get this video early, yeah, you can sign up at www.patreon.com slash the top 10 with the number 10 
there at the end and uh, see the multiple tiers we have to support the show and uh, uh, to get you qualified so you can get the video a week earlier than other than the rest of the fans do. So there you go. Thanks, everybody, for listening to our and or watching our first episode mm-hmm. of the Top Ten back on Collider. Can't, appreci- can't tell you how much we appreciate you enough, and we'll see you next time on the Top Ten Show. Mm-hmm.